just when you thought it was safe to put on your headphones? You entered the darkest, wildest, sexiest depths of technology. And here to keep you on the bleeding edge of science, tech, and ethics is the Rated R Radio Star, the man of tomorrow, the golden stallion of the tech world, Brian Sovereign. He has a huge brain. And now, here's Brian. The Golden Stallion, the Man of Tomorrow, Savzu, the Rated R Radio Star, here for a little Sovereign Tech baby. And oh man, am I excited about this one. We actually got a lot uh, to cover, a lot of ground to go over. In fact, now it's not just going to be a single topic show, but it might feel like that for a good chunk of this episode. Uh, And we're definitely going to delve far more into the science of Sovereign Tech, which of course is a show all about science and technology and ethics and how it all sets you free. Um, but you know, when I really want to dig deep into sciences, especially the sciences that perhaps I'm not the biggest expert in, I don't mind deferring, and this is no appeal to authority or anything like that, but I don't mind deferring to a genuine scientist, the real deal, a biochemist, in fact, who got a PhD from Dartmouth, almost an MD PhD. And I think everybody, longtime Sovereign Tech listeners know already who I'm talking about. And that is whoo, the lovely and hyper intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Stephanie, welcome to the show as usual. Hi, Brian. I'm so happy to go on your show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we're touching each other right now. Yeah, we're real close right now. So yeah. yeah, and for those that don't know, yes, obviously, I guess it should be full disclosure in case somehow this episode gets spread uh, far and wide. Uh, we're partners. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And we're not in the kidding. business partner <laughs> not, sense. No, we're, no. <laughs> we're partners in life and love. No, it certainly <laughs> seems like we give each other the business. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we do the business. We yeah. do the business, that's for sure. Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, thank you for talking about my qualifications because um, if anyone wants to know about that, there's certainly a, no shortage of people on the internet who love to talk about gender, sexuality, and biological sex, which, as we're going to discuss in this episode, are all different things. There are lots of people who love to talk about those topics who, um, I would say, have essentially no qualifications, which is fine. You're still allowed to have an opinion, and you're still allowed to say your opinion, even if you don't have any official qualifications, right? We certainly don't want to limit people from talking about things unless they have a PhD or something. But uh, just a little bit more about what makes me qualified to talk about this as a guest on a podcast. I do have a PhD in biochemistry, as you mentioned. Um, I also went to medical school for a couple of years and covered all of the sort of coursework on uh, embryology, which relates to biological sex. Um, Also some stuff about gender and sexuality and how that uh, occurs in a clinical context when you're talking about doctors and patients um, and the health issues that LGBT people face and other sexual minorities face. Um, I considered at one point becoming an endocrinologist, which would have uh, would have meant that I worked with transgender people. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in doing that. Um, and also, I've done a lot of reading about gender, feminism, sexuality, um, and all kinds of queer theory and, and stuff like that, mostly from an anarchist perspective. Um, and I would say I've read you know, just a handful of graduate level textbooks and essays about those topics and spent the last five years or so thinking about them on a pretty regular basis. So that's what I think 
my qualifications are for talking about this stuff. Sure. So now also, I mean, you are, and, and we're going to get into some tech first, folks. So like I said, this isn't just going to be a single topic show, even though eventually it might, might feel like that. Um, but you're also, you're a published scientist, as in you're published in scientific journals. Yeah, like that's you're, right. You're, you're, it's not like you haven't done anything. Like mm-hmm. you're the real deal. I have several published papers. I mean, whether I've done anything that's ever going to impact human health, well, that remains to be seen. But I have had my work published in scientific journals on the topic of um, Alzheimer's disease, and also uh, where how cholesterol gets transported within a cell, and uh, some other topics too, as well from my uh, younger academic career that were collaborative works with other scientists uh, when I worked in lab- research labs. So sure. if you're interested in that, you can ask me questions, and maybe we'll get to them on a Q and A at some point or something like that. Oh, happy to do that. In fact, you've been on a Q and A talking about scientific uh, uh, about peer review. Peer review. Yeah, that yep. was a great show. Yeah, and all that. Yeah, people actually really did love that. Um, and again, you have to be a Sovereign Tech patron to get access to those Q and A episodes. You just go to SovereignTech.com. It takes you right to the Patreon page, and you can sign up and you get an access to hundreds of hours of content. Um, but yeah, this is all going to be you know all the qualifications that you were just describing is going to be very relevant to our conversation later, because it seems like a a recent topic that has come up is largely being decried and attempted to be debunked by attacking the messenger, because the messenger doesn't have the qualifications Mm. um, that, frankly, you do have. And so that's why I I thought it was important to have you on instead of me just spouting my mouth off. Uh, You know, if if the if the reason you don't agree with what a guy says is because or what a person says is because they just have a bachelor's in engineering instead of actually being a scientist. Well, then on Sovereign Tech, I'll bring in an actual, you know, full on scientist with all the qualifications that uh, anyone really needs, Uh, you know, certainly in my opinion. And I think just about anybody else's. Um, I mean, in your work, I can say this and I'll say this broadly. And if you want me to edit it out, I will. But in your you know, your work, your your research that you did um, at Dartmouth is still being used in in future research in, projects. In research. Yep. I mean, like, like your, absolutely your, Stephanie Murphy's, Dr. Stephanie Murphy's work is still being referenced, uh, built upon, and used. I mean, like, like legitimately. And, and you know, you even, this is the part you might want, might want me to edit, but I mean, you even get phone calls about it still. I mean, is <laughs> yep, that accurate? Yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fair. Because people want to know, okay, well, what did Dr. Stephanie Murphy say? So you're, in my, you know, I don't even think it's opinion. You are as legitimate as anybody can be as far as a scientist goes. Thank and, you very much. Yeah, no, Seriously. Um, I want to list another qualification, though, because it's not just, you know, academic stuff. When we talk about issues, I think also lived experience is relevant. And it's not like, oh, if you're not black, you don't have any right to talk about anything related to black people. Or if you're not LGBT, you don't have any right to talk about LGBT issues. That's not true. I don't believe that. But um, lived experience when you're talking about a topic counts. And I think it's easier to understand something when it actually affects you and you experience it, not just in an academic context, but in everyday life. And so, yeah, some of these things do affect me in everyday life because I am on the in the LGBT umbrella. I'm a bisexual woman. Um, I I I identify as a woman, but I have I have had some um, I would say struggles or um, processing or I've had a gender journey myself. I arrived at woman and I'm pretty happy with that. But having said that, um, I didn't always feel that I super strongly identified with the feminine. So, um, you know, that was one of the things that led me to be interested in gender and to read about it and think about it some more. So um, I consider, you know, dealing with gender struggles and sexuality issues 
um, part of personal development in general. I think it's a very important part of psychology. And some people, for some people, you know, it, it doesn't affect them that much because they feel naturally that they fit into the, the norms that society has handed to them. And so it's like, okay, no big deal. That's great. I can move on and just accept it. There's really no conflict there. But for those who feel that they do have a conflict with what society gives them as far as norms about gender and sexuality, um, they might have a bigger struggle and part of their personal development and their growth as a person might be figuring those things out. And so I was one of those people who had some challenges in that area. Um, so, and maybe you are too. I mean, everybody may to a certain extent, but for some people, certainly significantly more than others. Sure. So anyway, well, let, let's let's save all that for a little bit later on in the show when we get into, um, you know, when, when we get into the entire, I mean, if you people haven't figured it out yet, <laughs> you people, if everyone hasn't figured it out yet, uh, we are going to be talking, we're going to be talking gender, race, sexuality, you know, all of these different things. Uh, we're going to have a big topic about it. going to be a lot of audio to play uh, because there's some audio going out around there on podcasts, on Netflix, wherever, you know, YouTube, wherever else that uh, that is pretty controversial. Uh, today, so you know, I want to I want to break into that when we get to it. Uh, but let's open this up. Just a couple quick things to to talk about that I found kind of interesting and are relative, at least to one of them is relative to last week's episode uh, of Sovereign Tech, and that is the Evan Bloss or Blass, however they want to pronounce it, which is a Twitter account. Um, they announced, so last week we talked about during the Internet of Targets segment, and by the way, there won't be any segments in this episode, uh, at least not any any predefined ones. So if you want that sort of thing, don't worry, they'll come right back. And we've got the new stuff coming up in episode 226, uh, actually, that I'm really excited about. But we talked about uh, the Amazon Echo Look which is, you know, one of the is an Amazon Echo with uh, with a camera on it, which I just said was an absolutely terrifying idea. You don't want that at all, because now the thing has a camera and it has a bunch of microphones. So now it's looking and, you know, and listening to you at all times, spying on you nonstop. Ooh, we don't want that. No, 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 it's disgusting. So, uh, you know, if you want to hear more about that, go back to episode 223 and you can hear about that. But Evan Bloss leaked that there was there's actually going to be a touchscreen echo uh, coming out. Well, we don't know when it's coming out, but it's going to be an Echo with a touchscreen on it, which I think is interesting because that's really getting away from Samsung having zero UI, which I thought was kind of the point of Echo. So I feel like it's two steps back, or maybe it's their incremental approach yeah, to get more people hooked onto the platform. Right. I've heard a lot of articles recently where they say, oh, the future is going to be all voice commands. It's all going to be, uh, we're going to get rid of touchscreens and everybody's going to be controlling devices with their voice. Right. So to go back to a touchscreen or to add one in, that seems like maybe maybe it is two steps back. But we'll see. They probably have a reason for doing it, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, or maybe it'll never get released. I mean, maybe this was just something that was, uh, you know, planned out of Labs 123, which is kind of, uh, you know, sort of their, their skunk works at Amazon, which... Do you, you think know, people might have asked for it? Like, asked for a touchscreen? I, I can't believe it. And and actually, Amazon really has not done very well, other than their Kindle e-reader line. And I mean just their e-readers, not even so much their, uh, their tablets, uh, like the Kindle Fires. Um, like, th it's been very iffy you know, their, their relationship with that. And they just closed the Amazon underground. I, I don't know. This, this is an odd play and I really can't help but feel like it's really two steps backwards, but to talk about perhaps what might also seem like two steps backwards, but I think is really two steps forward. Um, I'm going to get deep dive into this more maybe next week, but I just want to let people know I'm aware of it. Uh, but Microsoft just came out with a full, with a full on laptop 
not the Surface Book, but actually it's called the Surface Laptop. I mean, and this is an absolutely traditional laptop. It has a touchscreen on it, but it's not a two-in-one. It doesn't have that funny, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> it doesn't. The tablet where you can ch- take it where apart? Where you can take the tablet off, but it has that, that shape where it's the. Clamshell? Yeah, the cl- like, it, but it's not a clamshell. Like it is a clamshell, but it doesn't have that. It has like an arch that connects Yeah, it has to. that funny arch. Yeah. Like a book, um, like a binder. Yeah, yeah. Look, doesn't have that funny <laughs> binding, you yeah. know, that kind of closes it up, which was very. Well, I know what you, Brian's gesturing with his hands, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to try to translate that into words that can be on the podcast. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have that funny, you know, and everybody knows it. It's instantly recognizable, which I thought, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, I didn't think it was a bad design at all, um, but they went with a more traditional design. Uh, and these are going to be released, I think they start shipping in August. Uh, so it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit on this, um, but it has, uh, multiple colors. There's burgundy, cobalt, blue, platinum, and I think there's like a gold or a gold-ish one. Um, and you know, the specs are interesting. It has KB Lake processors. You can get it in a, in a, you know, an i5 model, or you can get it in an i7 model. Um, there's some weird things about it. So, First off is that to get like the i7 models, those only come in platinum and the lowest end model, because they have interesting price points. It goes anywhere from, I believe, $900 to like $2,200 roughly um, that, that these can, that these get, you know, cost. And the low end and the high end, you can only get them in one color, which is very strange, but I get it. They're probably releasing the multicolored ones in the i5 flavor just because that's the one that they really want people to jump on board with. That's the one they want people to buy because the burgundy looks pretty slick. Like I I think it's actually a very pretty computer uh, overall, but it does have some, has some other oddities to it. It doesn't have USB-C. It just has one USB 3.0 port. I mean, that doesn't matter to me, but for a lot of people that are like always trying to be on the next level, I can't help but feel that, you know, not having USB-C is is one of those, you know, that feels like it's looking two steps backwards. Uh, the other odd thing is that it comes with what we've been previously calling on Sovereign Tech and we've been talking about for a few months now, which is Windows Cloud, but they're actually calling it Windows 10S. Uh, so, you know, this is supposed to be the, the I mean, the idea is, is that these device, these laptops, more traditional laptops are aimed at education. They're obviously not taking on Chromebooks with their price because Chromebooks usually cost anywhere between $200 to $400. These cost double that, you know, or, or you know, quadruple that easy. Uh, but, you know, the so the idea with Windows, now we know with Windows, it, it's pretty much what, everything we said about with Windows 10 Cloud, where it can only run UWP apps. Um, so you can only get apps through the Windows Store. Uh, the interesting thing is, is that up until the end of 2017, Microsoft said they will offer for free for you to upgrade to uh, Windows 10 Pro uh, with the the Surface laptop. Uh, So, you know, I mean, and then after that, if you don't do it by the end of the year, it'll only cost you uh, 50 bucks to get to the highest end version of Windows 10. you know, I, I guess, I mean, this will be interesting to see what happens with UWP. I think there's a play going on here. Like I said, I'm going to talk about that more next week. Uh, but overall, I thought that they were they were actually pretty good looking devices. And they have this odd, the keyboard is apparently like a felt. How do you feel about that, Stephanie? I'm wow. actually curious. Yeah, That's it's like, interesting. It's this really soft felt. I mean, um, my first thought is that is going to be a magnet for food and germs. Uh-huh. Um, so you better be really clean around your laptop. But other than that, I mean... I actually, I think it would take some getting used to, right? Because we've all grown up and been typing forever on uh, smooth plastic keys. 
but it might be actually kind of comforting like it almost like haptic feedback on a phone where it like vibrates a little bit when you touch one of the letters Mm. if you're typing something it almost gives you a tactile sensation when you touch something and so i think that some people will really like that it's like a way of translating the haptic feedback into a traditional keyboard that's a great point uh yeah that that's interesting i hadn't exactly thought about that but yeah i I mean i think it's going to give it a unique premium feel i think people are going to touch and go it's kind of nice you know i mean or maybe they won't i you know i don't know um there's a lot to say about the surface laptop i think as as more of these devices get out there and we see actual real world real world performance uh you know we'll be able to speak more there's definitely an attraction first off I do like the fact that Microsoft is taking on the MacBook Air line effectively or taking on Apple's premium devices. Um, I think that's really important to do for a bunch of reasons. By the way, these don't have like a dedicated graphics card. That's an important thing to bring up. Uh, but it does have the Intel Iris. You can either get the, uh, the or yeah, you can get the, the Iris 640 or you can get the HD 620, which isn't exactly Iris. But um, the Iris 640 is actually, I mean, that's, it's not as good as like, you know, your, your NVIDIA Titan X or something, but that'll, that'll play just about any game you throw at it. Uh, so that's, that's not bad at all. And they are 13 inch, uh, displays on it, but I do like that they're taking on this premium line that they're going after Apple, you know, full stop all the way. And because I think Apple is really, so there's two ways that this could have gone. And and someone else had said this previously, and, and, and I appreciated the perspective, uh, that Apple is really leaving the PC industry entirely like they're just they're going to walk away from it uh of course the the Mm. other perspective is that because the numbers don't lie i mean or you know the the data that you get about it you know based upon repositioning at apple you know hires and all this different stuff uh you know you can really tell yeah they are leaving the pc behind um the other end of that is that actually the pc industry left apple like as in the not the industry Mm. but the pc community um you know has left apple behind and so it's one or the other. Because they and, don't develop software for Apple? Well, or that people just aren't buying like Apple laptops and Apple devices. Or, or I think, not, I mean, Apple I computers, I shouldn't say devices. I think that's true that they're not buying Apple laptops, but I don't think it's true that they're not using them. Because everyone I know who has an Apple laptop buys one and uses it for five to seven years. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Because they're so expensive. All right. Yeah. So, so you hit on something. This is a subject <laughs> that I could talk forever about <laughs> because you're right. And, and you see so many people using like or depending, depending, like if you walk into Starbucks, everybody has an apple or depending what town you're in. If you're like in a college town or something like everybody has an apple and all this stuff like I, and you're right. They use them forever. And Apple, look, Apple's hardware is phenomenal. That's why I think it's great that Microsoft's getting in the game and they're making sure that there's great, you know, there's phenomenal hardware for Windows 10 as well. I mean, and, and granted, you know, the, you know, the other, you know, PC manufacturers like HP, Lenovo, Dell, and all them, they're making sure that that great hardware exists as well. It's not like just Microsoft's doing it. Uh, there's an advantage to Microsoft doing it because when they control the hardware, they can customize Windows 10 and its updates to do very nicely for your hardware. And that's why I think that's the one main attraction to buying uh, Microsoft branded laptops because then they can, or Microsoft produced laptops, because then you get that really great uh, software, you know, synergy that Apple's always had. But here's the thing, is that I don't think, like, in my opinion, I don't think anybody in their right mind would buy an Apple. I, I really, and I'm not knocking Apple users. Look, I used to be one. I used, I used my iMac nonstop, but there's a reason I used the iMac, because at the time, in 98, a $1,600 computer was a fucking steal. 
Like that, like that was a great that was a great price. Now that's not what Apple Apple does not For compete on price. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a laptop. It was I mean that was a full on desktop. Oh, oh. You know again, but but pay attention. You know I mean keep in mind this is the nineties. Yeah. That's Very true. different. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but that the the thing here is that. Now, you know, Apple doesn't really compete in that way. You can say, well, they, you know, they came out with, uh, uh, what's, what's their, what's their little guy? Not the iMac. Um, the Mac mini. That's what it is. The Mac mini, that little box of a one. Okay. Then they were trying to compete on price. Sure. I get that. Uh, but largely, you know, they don't, they don't really bother, you know, bother to do that anymore. And so here's the thing. And it's everybody with laptops. I mean, you don't really find a whole lot of people with the desktops, even though, look, I've said it recently, the iMac 5k is an awesome computer. In fact, I mean, actually, it's probably the best Windows computer you can even get if you're into Windows or something like this. I mean, they're great machines. And MacBooks are great Linux machines as well. In fact, up until I think it was the um, the Chromebook Pixel, the first one, that uh, Linus Trovolts, you know, the, I mean, the guy behind Linux itself was using, you know, uh, uh, you know, Macs. He was using MacBooks and whatever. Because, I mean, part of it was because of PowerPC, but th- that, that's another story. That's in the past. But he was using Macs because it was such great hardware. But, of course, he would put Linux on them. He doesn't use, yeah. you know, uh, Mac OS. So, look, I'm not knocking the hardware. I'm just saying that I think what happens is, is that kids go off to college and Their colleges buy them a MacBook, right? Or the college year. gives them, or like when you go to buy a Mac, if you're a student, you get this huge discount, okay? And obviously, the, the marketing there is to get you hooked into the Apple yep. ecosystem, right? They buy you one there, and then here's the thing: is that those kids, most of them probably they don't come out and they don't go spending two, three thousand dollars or whatever on another MacBook. You know, after they, you know, in two, three, four years, whatever. Now the MacBook will last, but the part that pisses me off is like. Yeah, you see everybody with Apples, but most of them are so fucking slow. They're holding up the entire PC industry because they're using these, you know, 10-year-old fucking computers. I mean, I, I don't mind that things are old. That's fine. But, like, but then the, these same people are usually people in some degree of an important area. And, like, you have to kind of cater to them when I don't even know if there's, like, a million MacBooks that get, like, sold in a year. Like, I mean, there's just, it's, it's such a small segment that you know that that needs to be appeased when i think really if if there wasn't the whole college situation they would have never ever bought a macbook in the first place um i think that the idea that you know high powered people and all this stuff use macbooks i i mean it's fine if you use them if you love them you love them that's great i'm we're not going to tell you what computer to use but i really don't i don't think i think there's a very skewed version of reality out there as far as just how important macs are and what you know, with, there's a cult. There's a cult yeah, around yeah, there's Max kind of a cult. and Apple. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, anyway, oh, total side tangent. I could go on and on about that forever, <laughs> <laughs> but it just it drives me nuts because nobody in their right mind would really pay for that. Um, or I, I shouldn't say that. There are people who would pay for that kind of premium stuff, and that's fine. And I think that's great if you do. I'm just saying that, like, the average person really would not pay for that. Like, so when you know when you see these struggling musicians and other people using apples, they're using like ten year old computers. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I remember, you know, here, don't take my word for it. Don't don't think I'm the asshole. Alan Kay, one of the you know biggest names in computer science in history. You know, the Dyna book, the whole thing. He said it. He had a, he did a great talk. Um, I've talked about on Sovereign Tech before, where he said he gets depressed when he sees people using, uh, you know, laptops. And, you know, you could see in the room, in the video where he's talking about it, uh, you know, everybody has a has a MacBook of some kind. And he's depressed and he's looking because 
He said, like, you guys are using ancient technology. He says, you have access to supercomputers. You have access to all this stuff. He says, and you're all using this old crap. He says, what is wrong with you? We're not going to get anywhere if you keep using this stuff. And No, and, I mean, I kind of agree with that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, so It take, is amazing how many people continue to use these old Macs. Yeah, I mean, so take Alan Kay's word for it, okay? Take it from one of the guys who's, you know, done way more than I could ever dream of when it comes to the tech world. Way more than just about anybody in the tech world. All right, this is a guy who by name is, is honestly, maybe not by wallet, but certainly by name is, is bigger than Bill Gates. And, you know, take it from him. He's telling you your MacBook is, is ancient technology that, you, that, that is just holding everybody back. Uh, so, and, and also, I mean, to say nothing of, you know, why hasn't the virtual reality revolution happened yet? Why? Because Apple hasn't gotten on board with it, but their computers can't even handle VR. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, oh, it drives me nuts. Anyway, that's a whole other side tangent. Um, but let's get into, why, why, don't, why don't we start, those are really the only main tech stories I want to talk about. Why don't we get into the meat of, uh, of what we wanted to discuss uh, this week? Because, I mean, this is, you know, talk about huge subjects. This is a huge subject. Um, anyway. Uh, you know, so, okay, what happened is, this would be about two, three weeks ago, maybe, maybe a month ago. Bill Nye, here we go. That, that Now suddenly everybody's ears just perked up. They're like, okay, Brian's done complaining about Apple, here we go. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, Bill Nye, he has a show on Netflix called Bill Nye Saves the World. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and he did an this episode. Is the Bill Nye we all know as Bill Nye the Science Bill Guy Nye from the, the 90s, guy. from our childhoods, when he would get up on PBS and do science experiments. Was it PBS or was it some other channel? I think it was PBS and syndication. I, I'm pretty sure it was, was PBS, yeah. And he would do science experiments and he would explain rudimentary principles of chemistry, physics, and other stuff um, with kids for right. and biology. For example, like for some of the things I remember him doing were he would take a kid to a tire swing and he would um, like pull the kid back and, and then like release the kid without giving them a push. And he would say, don't worry, you, you'll never come back to the point where I release you from because as you swing, you're losing momentum. And that was like a principle of physics. Sure. Or he, would, or he would say, um, this kid can do a, hand st- a headstand, stand on his head and drink a glass of milk. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can because you have valves in your stomach. And it, once it gets to your st- and your esophagus is pushing it, right. push, pushing the liquid into your stomach. And then you have a valve that prevents it from splashing back and you throwing up. So like all these things, he would explain them in an entertaining way. And people people liked him. He was sort of, sort of a childhood icon. Now he seems to have uh, gotten very political with the time. Is this show Bill Nye Saves the World. I've only seen the one controversial episode, but how many... How many shows has he done? Has he been doing this for a while? And no, this is new. This okay, is very so this new. is maybe one of his first shows. Yeah, it's okay. kind of a first season. If it's even going to get a second season, I mean, we just we you know we don't know. Um, and this show is again, it's 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 only on Netflix, but the incriminating evidence, the incriminating videos, and all the stuff, which we're going to play some of the audio from, uh, is available you know, on YouTube because it's such a, you know, there's been such a media frenzy um, around it. And a lot of people have claimed they're going to cancel their Netflix subscriptions, just like they said they would about dear white people, blah, blah, blah. When at the same time, you know, when this stuff kind of happens, honestly, you you know, me, who I've been against Netflix for years, suddenly I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to get a Netflix account because of this. You know, <laughs> when, two, when Brian has contrarian principles pitted against each other, what does he do? That's right. He was against, first he was against Netflix and he was protesting it. But then the people started protesting Netflix because of dear white people. So Brian's like, oh, shit, 
Oh, what do I do? I guess I have to get a Netflix. <laughs> Which we're going to do a review of Dear White People in the future. Yeah, on, we on haven't Sovereign watched Tech. it yet. But so, but we, we saw the movie. We haven't seen the Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyed the movie. but Didn't we talk about the movie on Sovereign Tech? Like, it was over a year ago. Mm, it might have been Sex and Science Hour or Sovereign Tech. Mm-hmm. I talked about it a little bit on a Patreon episode because I got asked about it. It was on a QA. and a um, But... Anyway, what you know, that's that's something that'll be that'll be coming for the future. Um, I didn't wasn't necessarily intrigued to watch Bill Nye saves the world because, you know, let, let, let's let's break this out here. I, I want to make a couple points about Bill Nye before we get into everything. Um, and that is, you know, Bill Nye, he has said some really, really atrocious statist stuff. Now, I'm an anarchist. Mm, Would you yes. describe yourself as an anarchist? Yeah, it, it, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on who I'm talking to and what they think that word means. But but yes, I, I believe in uh, voluntary, peaceful interactions between people, um, nonviolence, and uh, basically just live and let live. Right. So he has certainly made comments that stand in stark, cantr- stark, stark contrast to that. Um, he has definitely said shit that is like, re- you know, population control, really, really ugly shit. I, like technocracy kind of stuff? Like yeah, very of, technocracy. Yeah. Yep. So, like he thinks he knows best. Yeah, Based yeah. on science, which isn't really science. It's just basically a cult of experts in academia and stuff who think they're very important. Right. And they should be the ones making decisions for everybody else. So basically it's like central planning. Y- exactly, yes. So... You know, and I, I want to be, I'm, I'm fully aware that he said these things. I could play those clips for you, but bottom line, this is guy, this is a guy who's not interested in human freedom, no doubts. All right, I, I have no illusions whatsoever about that. Uh, many of the things he said, I find absolutely reprehensible. However, the subjects that we're going to be discussing, then, and that have brought up uh, a lot of, um, that again, there's been this media frenzy about and social media frenzy about. Uh, and a lot of attacks against him over it. You know, these subjects stand outside of Bill Nye. Bill Nye is just a communicator, okay? Like, it's not like he made up these ideas whatsoever. Uh, he is. And, he is a 100% a communicator. Yeah, so that's the other aspect of this that I want to bring up quickly. And that but is, communicators is, pick and choose what they communicate and what they focus on and how they communicate it. Sure. Well, yes, absolutely. But the other thing to, you know, so a lot of people are attacking... They're pretty much trying to say that, well, what Bill Nye put on display uh, about gender, sexuality, and whatever else, they're trying to say that, no, I I can debunk all of it because he's just a bachelor and he just has a bachelor's in engineering. Okay, so he's not really a scientist. So, like, they can just write things off because he's not the real deal. Uh, That's bullshit. Like, I mean, that that kind of argumentation wouldn't hold up anywhere. Not even in a leftist college would that hold up as uh, as a debunking. You know, uh, I mean, it's just it's just not so. But I want what I also want to bring up is that while, yes, he is not really a scientist and he has honorary degrees and blah, blah, blah. And those, you know, can be considered bullshit and everything. And that's fine. There is a special skill to, you know, there's people who understand science, scientific principles, who are tremendous scientists themselves, be it, you know, pick your field, astrophysics, you know, neurology, whatever. Okay. Just because, but they might not be very good communicators. Oh, in fact, most of the time they are terrible communicators. Exactly. Like they have horrible social skills. I mean, just, just absolutely horrendous. So what he does is valuable. I think it's valuable. Yeah, so while his talents may not necessarily be in, like, the, you know, the hard realm uh, necessarily of science, he, I mean, to communicate science is is such a special skill, and 
I mean, that's that's a hard job. Yeah, you know, I know. How I El- agree. Yeah, I mean, Albert Einstein always said, "Look, if you can't, you know, if you, or he said something to the effect of, if you can't explain it to an eight-year-old, you probably don't understand it." I think that's unfair. I've always felt that 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 is really unfair. Some people just aren't very good communicators. Um, you know, I, I can think back to like. You know, enlightenment figures like Thomas Knight, who nobody ever knows about because you can't quote him, even though all the other enlightenment figures, Newton and a bunch of these other guys would say, oh, he was one of the smartest of us. Oh, but but he just wasn't very good talker. But he couldn't explain himself very well, you know. (laughs) And so, like, these kind of characters have always existed. These kind of people have always been around that they're just not good at communicating what they but they could be knowledgeable as fuck. Okay, so people like Bill Nye. Certainly in the 90s, you know, where they can explain things to an eight-year-old, where they can explain that, you know, break things down very simply and whatever and give you great examples, kind of like you described. And make it interesting. And make it interesting are so important. Don't write them off. Don't make yeah. fun of them. Holy fuck, if they can do that, great. You know, not everybody's Carl Sagan. Yeah. I wish they were, but they're not, <laughs> you know, in, in a way. Uh, so No, I absolutely agree with you. And that's almost kind of what we do. Like, we have a show, a podcast called Sex and Science Hour. We're, we're almost all the way through our season break right now, but we're going to be starting up a season four very soon. And um, we talk a lot about sex and science on the show. And we try to communicate those ideas, or at least I try to communicate those ideas in a way that's accessible to anyone. You don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to be um, super educated or whatever. Um, hopefully you can understand what I'm talking about and want to keep listening. And that is a challenge sometimes. But I but part of the reason we do that show is because I enjoy that challenge and I want to get better at it. Sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, and that's another thing for me too. And and like I I think there's a million times when I listen back to an episode of Sovereign Tech. You know, I'm not so much the scientist as I am. You know, a, a guy in the tech world. Uh, but like I listen back and I'm like, oh, I could have explained that better. Oh, I kind of botched that. You know, I mean, it, it's hard. It is fucking hard. No matter how well you know your shit, it is so hard to do. Uh, and it's good to get practice in it, you know, and certainly podcasting is a great way to get in, you know, get in practice on it. Um, so anyway, I, I just, I wanted to get that out of the way with Bill Nye. And like I said, this is part of the reason, like we were talking about for the, the first few minutes of this episode, this is why I brought you, or part of the reason, I mean, you can be on the show anytime you want, Stephanie. Oh, you, you can do whatever the hell you want. I don't care. <laughs> um, but, you know, part of the reason I brought you on is because, again, you are the real deal. These arguments that people are making to try and debunk what Bill Nye says do not apply to you because you meet every, every criteria, every metric uh, that, that people Actually, can want. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. But actually, I don't even know because a lot of the people say, oh, well, Bill, Bill Nye isn't enough of a scientist because he's got only got a bachelor, only got a bachelor's in engineering. Yeah, because, oh, that's First just easy. All, you can just, you know, get do, those do at a those 7-11. people saying that have the same degree? Because if they did, they would know that that degree is no joke. I right. mean, engineering, uh, even undergraduate level, that is very hard. That's one of the hardest undergraduate degrees. Sure. Um, whether it's in electrical engineering or uh, chemical engineering, chemical engineering is incredibly difficult, mechanical engineering, um, any of those types of engineering degrees are incredibly difficult. And engineers are important because they build stuff. They are the ones who build the things that you use every day and make sure they don't break and hurt you and that you can get the stuff done that you need to do. So um, that degree is nothing to sneeze at. And also, uh, so he doesn't have a PhD. Big deal. A lot of people don't have PhDs. In fact, um, you know, you've had Kevin McKernan on the show before. He's yes. a scientist. He runs uh, Medicinal Genomics, who is the first one to sequence the cannabis indica and sativa genomes and is finding um, essentially cures for kids with epilepsy. 
um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say cures because it hasn't been completely tested yet. But um, he's helping children who have epilepsy uh, get relief with um, natural plant extracts that right. that are um, from the cannabis plant that yeah. don't get you high. They're just they're there for medicine, and so. He doesn't have a PhD. He worked on the Human Genome Project. He's an, an insanely qualified. He works in the private sector, runs a, a biomedical company, but he does not have a PhD. And he's very, if you talk to him on the show, everybody know, who heard him knows he's very smart. And so, Oh, he's, I'm a huge fan. I mean, he's, yeah, brilliant guy. And by contrast, there are people who have PhDs who are, uh, well, like you said, there's a lot of scientists who are incredible statists who want to control your life and want to engage in central planning. And um, they think that because they have a PhD, they've been bestowed with a special authority that entitles them to plan your life. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't really judge somebody by a PhD. And also the people who criticize Bill Nye in that way and say that he's not enough of a scientist, they don't li- ever list what criteria someone would have to meet to be enough for them to listen to. Well, they can't. <laughs> you know? Because if they, they did, it, they would debunk their argument right. because they the don't God, have... The goalpost is constantly shifting. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they don't have the credentials to even make the claim because that's really why they're complaining about Bill oh, Nye and why they're ripping on they don't on even him. know what somebody would have to have. The, well, the people who are criticizing Bill Nye don't even know what kind of qualifications would be sufficient to no, be able to say the things he's saying about gender. No, not even that. Just that they don't like. So they're arguing against what Bill Nye had to say about gender, sexuality and all this. OK, but they're saying don't believe him because he doesn't have these credentials, but they don't have the credentials either to oh, make no. to make the claim on their side. Right. Is, yeah. is my point. What is um, it? The biblical they who live in glass houses should not throw stones or whatever something like that yeah something like so that. anyway <laughs> don't so, want to get into that otherwise ken ham's going to show up and then bill and i will be really pissed off but <laughs> no i can i actually know ken ham but that's another story don't worry folks i'm an atheist yeah they they had a, a debate a while back and oh, actually bill and i dropped oh, i remember the, that yeah, i yeah. think bill and i dropped the ball on that one um in, in yeah my there opinion. were a lot of people who um, said that so so i think i mean i remember that and taking that into account with what happened recently, maybe we could talk about this afterwards, but I think there is the potential, maybe even for a great scientific communicator like Bill Nye, to get sort of in a comfort zone or an echo chamber where it's like, oh, well, I don't have to argue against these people who are completely diametrically opposed from me because it's just stupid. It's why bother? I don't have to explain myself to these people. Well, you do because they're coming from the complete opposite end of the spectrum as you. So you can't just say, oh, I can, I'm not even going to bother trying to talk to you because <laughs> you know, I'm just sick of explaining this and I shouldn't have to. Right. Well, you should have to. <laughs> That's why you're in a debate. Sure. That's Absol- part of your job. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, again, just making it very clear. Yep. Bill Nye is probably very much a status shill, some kind of agenda shill or something. Absolutely. But just because he's that doesn't mean that the ideas that he puts on display are somehow inaccurate or wrong. And, you know, you got it. We talked about this recently. We were on uh, Empathon. Mm-hmm. With uh, Brett Vinat uh, of the School Suck Show, yeah, who uh, we're actually we're going to talk about. Actually, Brett got mentioned uh, on the Joe Rogan Show. Like mm. the School Sucks got mentioned on there, which I think is, uh, you know, that's that's definitely very exciting. Um, we're going to play the part of the episode that that was on because Thaddeus Russell, who is uh, an author that I'm a bit of a fan of, um, was on there and he got into the whole you know sexuality, gender, and all these different things. Um, so that's going to come up a little bit later, and we're going to comment on everything that he had to say because that's certainly that's like the number one podcast in the world right now. Uh, that episode is like the number one podcast episode in the world because people were so shocked by what Thaddeus had to say. Um, but anyway, we talked about this where, you know, you 
like some terms, some ideas have a lot of baggage with them, but the ideas don't have to have that baggage and you can remove that baggage. And this is a point you were making, Stephanie, on there. Uh, You know, we were talking about privilege, all these other ideas, you know, a lot of these quote unquote liberal, you know, leftist ideas and all this shit, right? Um, But, you know, remove some, maybe some of the status baggage or some of the, you know, some of the other baggage. And that doesn't mean that they're not still real, that they're not still a thing. Right. We're talking about you don't have to accept the package deal. The package deal. That's it. Yes. We were talking about sometimes like Brett sort of believes that these idea, progressive ideas about gender, sexuality and identity politics often like lead down this road where the destination is communism. <laughs> right. And he's not the only one who believes that. I'm no, laughing because it I seems think. kind of ridiculous to me, but but I mean he has reasons he believes that and they're not crazy and he's not the only one who believes that. And I was just saying, you know, you don't have to accept that package deal. Part of it I like I realize that these ideas are often presented as sort of a package, but you can say, okay, well I agree with point number 1, I don't agree with number 3 and 4, you know. Right. <laughs> and and you can kind of pick pick and choose what you want. You do, nobody is ever 100% right or 100% whatever. You're never going to find anybody who you agree with 100%. Usually it's going to be a matter of picking certain things out that you do agree with or like and taking those with you and just shelving the rest. And um, I think that's the mark of an educated mind. You can read something without having to necessarily agree with it 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um so anyway, we've been talking all this. We've been def- not not defending, but I think um, extrapolating upon arguments against Bill Nye and and you know uh, appeals to authority and a lot of this other stuff. Uh, but we haven't actually talked about what the hell did Bill Nye even say? What yes. did he do? Okay, <laughs> so, let's talk about that. So well, let's start breaking into that. And I want to play some audio now. I will say out of the gate that there and and you and I both noticed this when we were checking out this video, you know, the the, the show that Bill Nye did um, that there was a lot of conflation with gender, perhaps even race and sexuality, like that, that the arguments being made for one were being used to go across the board. Um, and, and that really the attacks were being used also were, were falling into this, like that they were separating, they, they weren't separating, they weren't uh, differentiating gender, sexuality, you know, and say race or something like that. Yeah. Um, they were, they were, they were combining all and of them. And biological sex. Well, right, yeah. right. Um, so anyway, so, you know, maybe we'll, after we play this first clip, I want to define what each of those are and then, you know, and then, and then like kind of, you know, say, you know, talk a bit more about the clip. Um, but let's start this off. This one is the ice cream clip. This is the first one that I heard about it when I heard this whole Bill Nye thing go down. Um, but, uh, but let's, let's play it here and then we'll, we'll, we'll comment after of course, enlightened and forward-thinking, but not everyone sees it this way. But there are lots of flavors to sexuality. So what you're seeing right now is a like, bunch of ice cream cones. Why are we here, Vanilla? Damn! He puts oh, up a sign that says ice cream conversion therapy. Chillax, <laughs> Straubs! Settle, everybody. Settle. So now, strawberry, I've spoken chocolate, to some of you about my theories on the vanilla, nature of caramel, being yeah. ice cream. Which have no basis in science. It's the science of feelings. And as vanilla, I feel that I am the most natural of the ice creams. And therefore, the rest of you should just go ahead and also be vanilla. It's the one true flavor. No! (laughs) Don't make me stop being strawberry delicious. Oh, Christ. Look, no one can make you stop being strawberry, strawberry. 
you strawberry. Hold me salted caramel. I just think if you want to get right with the big ice cream in the sky, change your flavor by wishing to be vanilla. What if the big ice cream in the sky is chocolate? Blasphemy. Everyone should pretend to be vanilla until they no longer have the urge not to be vanilla. Uh, I did not urge to be pistachio. I am pistachio. Hey, mint chocolate chip. Sorry I'm late. I was busy being two awesome things at once. Cool. Uh, not cool. Pick a lane, Buttstain. Vanilla's trying to convert us all again. That's nuts. No offense, nuts. Come on, Vanilla. Nobody wants just one flavor of ice cream. <gasps> I do. Haven't you ever wanted to be in a Neapolitan? Woo! I... I can't. I can't. Come on. It's natural. All-natural cocoa. And strawberry fresh from the field. It's so creamy and delicious. Mmm. Mmm. Big ice cream in the sky. Help me. It's good. It's like... So what happened is Vanilla licked on accident. Meet you at the bowl. Uh, this is for us. Oh, yes. So now he's like looking at everybody. <laughs> now they all end yeah, up in a big bowl having yeah. an orgy. <laughs> get in here, nuts. So, okay, so that that video, um, like I said, that was the first one that I saw. I mean, Stephanie, you know, what what do you what do you think of it? I mean, definitely it reminds me of Sausage. Uh, was it Sausage Party? Sausage was that Party. The yeah, yeah, where remind- they personified the food. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds but go ahead. me a little bit of that, too. Sure. So, obviously, let's just make it super obvious what the metaphor was that they were trying to por- portray. Um, all the different flavors of ice cream represent different types of sexuality that people have. And when we say sexuality, we mean who you're attracted to. And there was a sign in the background uh, that the scene was that vanilla is trying to convert the other flavors to become vanilla, like himself or herself or whatever, themselves, like vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a sign in the background that says ice cream conversion therapy, right. which is obviously a reference to gay conversion therapy, which used to be this popular thing. Uh, well, popular, well, depending on who you ask. Yeah. It used to be a common thing. Yeah. Now some states have outlawed it, and it's widely recognized to be ineffective and very traumatic, where you they try to basically turn, make gay people straight by subjecting them to torture. Yeah, or there's the comment from Vanilla saying that, you know, okay, well, you might not be vanilla, but you can pretend to be vanilla just to please the big Until uh, you I, no longer feel the urge the not to be vanilla. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which That's is, what they would say to gay people. Which is an, a common argument with, like, Christians saying, okay, you're gay, even if you're born gay. Well, you don't have to act out on it, though, because God still says it's wrong. So, you know, just right. don't, don't act on your urges, and you'll be right with God. So it's kind of a reference to that as well. Anyway, please continue. Right, and then they'll also say, well, you're not really gay. You just have these urges and they're part of your mm-hmm. challenge from mm-hmm. God or something like that. And so you just have to suppress your urges and not act on them. And as long as you can get rid of those gay urges, then you can live a life that's right with God. So obviously vanilla is the straight person. Um, the strawberry, the one that's crying and saying, oh, no, don't please don't make me do this. Uh, probably, I would guess, is a gay person. Yeah, they were they were definitely using to be subjected to. Were- 
yeah, conversion I, therapy. Yeah, exactly. They were definitely using stereotypes, you know, like yeah. stereotypes of sound and whatever. Like they made strawberry sound kind of lispy uh, and hysterical. conventionally gay and yep. everything. And and that look when you're doing a two minute video, that's an area where stereotypes often get used. So like I I don't necessarily like take offense to that yeah. or anything. I get it why that why it was done that way. However, yeah. um, the mint chocolate chip, which mm-hmm. was saying sorry, I was busy being two awesome things at once, right, and. Haven't you ever wanted to be in a Neapolitan, yeah. which is a threesome? Yeah. Um, obviously, that was supposed to be the bisexual. Right. So they were making bisexual stereotypes in that. Which I isn't thought. that nice to not be bi-invisible for once, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, to an extent. But when you're represented by stereotypes, it's not really true visibility, I uh, would say. Right. Sure, sure. Um, so they did. They definitely were playing off the stereotypes there. Yep. And it was almost like. In the end, it was almost like the bisexual with the promise of a threesome or fun um, convinced the square old vanilla to abandon the idea of converting all the other flavors and finally embrace diversity once they all had an orgy with it. Yeah. And he sort of tasted the wild side and realized that he liked it. And then everything was was cool. Okay. yeah. So here's a here's a point where I think the stereotype might have been an issue because there is a stereotype that bisexuality lends to promiscuity out of the box. Yeah. Like it's just automatically that's so there's three bisexual stereotypes. Yeah. (laughs) All in the same thing. (laughs) Okay. All right. So that yeah, that one might not have been like the best move. You could have somebody else do the do the convincing. But that that might have been a tough like admittedly that's a tough spot because yeah. you have i mean what was chocolate supposed to represent i don't know about chocolate uh, maybe gay or lesbian i was, ex- or I was maybe transgender black. i was figuring black people. well that's unfortunate too because yeah they they had a vanilla and a chocolate and a lot of people associate those with white and black okay but, so that's why maybe you said there was some racial conflation in there as well well i think it was intentional but mm-hmm. or to, to some degree like it was supposed to really speak to all three even though you know, these are three separate things that have three mm-hmm. separate conversations really to be all had. three meaning even though gender, they, sexuality and race. Yeah, yeah. Even though they can all be represented in one, you know, in, in one context yeah. like in that. But that would be a problem if also you would if chocolate was the one that kind of initiated the orgy. Right. Because then you're saying, oh, well, black people are, you know, you right. know jungle fever or some kind of you know comment like that, which would just be would, which would be ridiculous. So that's that's sort of a tough call. Like, I, I think to make, but regardless, uh, you know, continue. I think the pistachio character who said, I don't urge to be pistachio. I am pistachio. Either that's a transgender or a gay mm. character. I right. couldn't tell which. It was Probably only trans. Had that one, one line. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, so, yeah, they, they kind of had these characters. Because and... pistachio would still have the nuts, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe anyway, we're overthinking this is, that. Maybe. But I mean, either we're overthinking it or they're that clever, yeah. albeit using stereotypes. But continue. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so anyway, it had a happy ending. They, the ice creams all ended up in a bowl together having an orgy. Um, it doesn't usually work that way if you have sex with a square, straight person who wants you to become straight. Uh they ended up getting converted to not being straight. It usually doesn't work out that way. Sure. Um, but it was a cute story, I, I guess. Um, so did you like the video? Um, I had mixed feelings about it. I thought it was kind of cute and, and made sort of made the point, but it didn't really give, if you were, if you were, let's say a straight Christian person who really believes in their heart of hearts that being gay is wrong or being LGBT is wrong Mm -hmm. and it's not natural, which there are people like that out there. 
if you were even watching this show and to begin with, which that is another question, like would would somebody like that tune into this show? Uh-huh. Um, if you were even watching the show to begin with, it almost starts out by sort of insulting you and making fun of you because the vanilla ice cream says, well, I just, I have these beliefs which are not based on science at all. They're based on feelings. And I feel that vanilla is the most natural. And it makes the vanilla sound ignorant and stupid. And I think if you're trying to really convince somebody, that's not the way to start out with your approach. It's not the way to start out by making fun of them. It's, you know... Maybe maybe just leave that part out. It seemed like they got a, a jab off in the first few sentences. Well, I think I, that was probably the intent. Like, yeah. I, I think that I don't know so that this the, is... Was the intent of that video to persuade anybody to be more tolerant? Or was the intent just to make fun of right-wingers and further sort of drive this wedge and drive them apart? I think I think there's, there's a little bit of all that. I think it was meant to jab. I think, and that might even be part of the reason, you know, consciously or unconsciously, that I really enjoyed it, um, which I'll say, you know, just flat out. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, like, I, I, I always I love it, it when food ends up in an orgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, I could see that also, like, it is meant to show, you know, with using ice cream as an example, ice cream flavors, it was meant to show that, hey, look how ridiculous your arguments are. You know, once you remove the fact that it's humans and put something else in. Now, you know, you got to be careful with that. But I mean, I think it was all meant to be very much, very much in fun, in jest. Uh, It had a point. How many, you know, we're talking about subjects that require so much nuance. You couldn't do it in two and a half minutes, let alone two and a half days. Like, I mean, you really can't like this. That's why I don't feel so bad about some of the stereotypes, though. I I sympathize or empathize with people that might have been offended by those uh, because you have two and a half minutes. You've got to get that out there, you know. Um, and, and sometimes these arguments are, I, I think they, they have a point. Like, uh, you know, one of the best arguments I've heard about people, like, say, people that are monogamous or polyamorous, you know, one of the, one of the, the quick pop culture references that you can make that some people make is some people are Batman and Robin, other people are Justice League. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, like, like that, that's such a quick, you know, I think that's a great little explanation. And comic books are another example of where sometimes you use a stereotype and but it's being used to very quickly in a very say like not a comic books isn't a time frame problem it's a a space problem isn't how much space do you have to tell a story you know like how much in a panel on a page do you have to tell the story and so women have you know exceptionally large breasts in it right or guys have giant muscles and all this stuff not necessarily because like it's it's trying to push a body type on you it's because it's trying to very quickly in a very small frame tell you what this person is you know, and what they're about. Uh, so sometimes, you, some, I don't, I don't want to say you need that, but I understand why that gets used here and there. And it's not always about um, pushing some kind of norm on you, I think. But anyway, that's, that's besides, you know, kind of besides the point. Um, I mean, do you agree with the overall argument that it was making? Um, of, of tolerance and diversity? I mean, yes. what, what argument was it actually making? Have, have an orgy with somebody who's straight and they'll actually change their <laughs> mind? I, I don't think I agree with that part. Sure, because right. Because some straight people don't want to have an orgy with you. Right. And they don't want to have an orgy at all. Right. And maybe they, you know, maybe some straight people just don't need to be aggressively converted, right? Sure. Like you can just ignore them, right? Yeah, and leave I, them alone. Absolutely. And I totally agree with that. Of course, this video started off with the straight person being the aggressor saying, right? we're going to start aggressive, you know, we're going to start conversion therapy. Yeah. Which, like, well, that's you- the thing. Sometimes they are very aggressive about pushing things like conversion therapy and spewing their opinions all over the place. And so then in that case, maybe it's more appropriate to push back. But 
is it going to be effective if you start out by making fun of them? Probably not. Well, this is something we're going to, I think we're going to get to later on in the episode, be when we get to the Joe Rogan Thaddeus debate, because Thaddeus brings that point up towards the end. And I'm not, you know, not spoiling anything here. He says that, look, he's because, you know, him and Joe Rogan are kind of disagreeing on what man and woman are and all these different things. And he says, Look, as long as you don't want to bother anybody about it, about being a man or a woman, you know, and you just hold these beliefs, he says, then I don't care. He says, then, then you go, as long as you're going to leave people alone, who gives it, you can have whatever beliefs you want. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and, and yeah, of course, right. Like if somebody wants to be, you know, straight monogamous, they don't want to get in orgies. They don't want to, you know, you know, they have preferences on, you know, be it sexuality or something else, you know, whatever whatever metric, whatever it happens to be, well, then fine, you know, just leave everybody else alone about it and don't try to put everybody through conversion therapy, you know. And, and I, th- I think the point of that video was to say, look, let's just respect everybody else's, you know, what they are, what they want to be, um, what they do, and as long as it's not hurting anybody, of course, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and rock and roll. And and I think that's kind of why maybe why it ended in an, like an ice cream orgy was because it was saying that, you know, this is in the pursuit of pleasure. This is not in the pursuit of control or pain or things like this. Uh, so so I, I saw that as, you know, as kind of important. So people this isn't the video that people were freaking out about so much. OK, uh, but I think it was part of it. It was, you know, it definitely relates. It ties in. Yes. Yeah. So I want to get to the video that that, that really had be, people freaking out. Yeah, that really had people <laughs> freaking out. And actually, our take on this video before we or well, you're only going to hear the audio, um, but our take on it may not be so so positive or as understanding um, as it was not with the ice cream Not all liberals liked this one either. Actually, most of them hated this yeah. one. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll put that right out of the way. So this is called Sex Junk. It's being done by a comedian who's quasi-famous named Rachel Bloom. Um, and it's like a dance number. There's like this whole, you know, she's wearing this wild outfit. I put, I put the links to the videos uh, in the show notes for episode 224 of Sovereign Tech. So if you want to watch them for yourselves, you can. But the audio really does get a lot of this um, across. And I may not have so... I might make a couple... Co- well, actually, this one, I'm not going to make any comments. I'm just going to let it play, and then we'll we'll talk about it uh, after the fact. So here we go. So, you guys, seriously, this next thing I feel is very special. This is a cool little segment. Uh, you know this woman from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Please give it up for Rachel Bloom. This one goes out to all my bypass to identify as ladies. This world of ours is full of choice. But must I choose between only John or Joyce? All my options only. Hard or moist. My vagina has its own voice. Not vocal cords, a metaphorical voice. Sometimes I do a voice for my vagina. Please don't tell me I'm the only one who does that. Cause my sex junk is so oh, 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 much more than either. Oh, oh, oh. Power bottom or a top off. Versatile love may have some butt stuff. It's evolution, ain't nothing new. There's nothing taboo about a sex stew. Just add salt or Gerard Depardieu. French treasure. Cause my sex joke is so oh oh oh. Much more than either oh oh oh. If they're alive, I'll date them. Channing or Janet Tatum. I'm down for anything. Don't box in my box. Give someone new a handy. Then give 
yourself props. Oh, you think you're so smart. Did you learn gay in college? Cheer with all of that while I drop some knowledge. Sexuality's a spectrum, everyone is on it. Even you might like it if you sit up on it. Drag queen, drag king, just do what feels right. You're tall, pansexual, flirty woods, right? Who enjoys a flashlight in the cold moonlight? With a sad clown, Skyping via satellite? Dance, Skippy, home slice, sing it with me all night. Sex how you want, it's your goddamn right. Cause my sex junk is so oh 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 much more than either. Oh oh oh, get off your soapbox, get off your soapbox. My sex junk's better than bagels with locks, with locks. Of Schmidt. It's exactly the right message, Rachel. Nice job. Whoa, Rachel Bloom, everybody. Prashant. Nice job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nice. Beautiful, beautiful. Nice. Carry on. Where was I? Oh, yes. Give it up for DJ Seahorse. Okay, so first thing I want to bring up really fast is that I think there is an importance to having DJ Seahorse, and it was literally a woman in a seahorse outfit. And I think the reason for that is that seahorses, uh, their you know, animal family is unique in that the male actually gives birth to the baby. So yeah. this is more of that what some would call gender dysphoria or like, you know, part of this confusion and everything. Uh, so, so I really think that there was, and not a lot of people may have caught that, but I think that that was one of the points, you know, to, to like really kind of mess with people's heads a bit, perhaps. Um, either yeah, I think that you're right. That was probably intentional. Yeah. That was to show I, that animals break the norms too. Right. Right. Yeah. That guess what, you know, not all women have babies in some parts of the animal kingdom. It's actually the men or the males, I should say. And then, you know, this is, and I'm already bringing up one of the problems here is defining of terms. You know, what does men mean? Yeah. What is it? Or what does man mean? What does male mean? Are they the same thing? What does, you know, what do all these different terms, you know, really reference? So, uh, I guess I'll ask you first quickly and then I'll, I'll kind of give my take. I mean, what did you think of this song, the video, the whole dance number, whatever? Oh my God. I thought it was so cringy. Like I was just <laughs> cringing a couple, a bunch of times. I thought it was kind of like just a big, almost like tantrum of like, I should be able to do whatever I want. It's like everything's, it's every stereotype that conservatives have about like, liberals or like young people or people who uh, consider themselves outside of gender and sexuality norms. It was just like, I can do this. I can do that. I could be transgender. I could be, you know, pansexual. I could be a wood sprite. I could be an other kin. And <laughs> I can have sex with everybody. I can say with anybody, a brother and a sister and everybody. And it was just like, okay, yeah, you can do all that. Uh, most people are going to be like, yep, you can. I'm not, I don't care. I'm not going to stop you. Um, some people, you know, would, would protest that, but, um, it, it was just like, it, it came off as really like, why are you throwing this kind of weird tantrum? And also the thing that really made me cringe was that there was so much conflation of gender and sexuality and of different things, right? Like there was some transgender stuff in there. There was some drag stuff, which is like dressing as the opposite gender that you identify as. Right. Um, there was some 
Uh, there was some, you know, pansexual and bisexual stuff in there. Sure. Straight and gay, so sexual orientation stuff. There was some, like, dating different people. There's some, like, you know, maybe monogamy versus polyamory kind of stuff in there. Or, or uh, non-monogamous dating. I don't even know what to call it. There was some, like... <laughs> like clowns and wood sprites. I don't even know what to call that. There was like fetish stuff. So like everything was all mixed in there together. And that's a problem because when people who talk, talk about these topics who don't understand them very well, talk about them, um, they often conflate these things together too, right? Like they don't know the difference. A lot of like right-wingers, I guess, or conservatives don't necessarily know the difference between a cross-dresser, a transsexual person, a transgender person and a person with um, and like a gay person, right? right? They don't know that if you're transgender, you could have any sexual orientation. You could be lesbian, gay, bisexual, other sexual orientations, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Um, they don't know that sometimes straight men like to cross dress or dress in drag. Right. Sure. So like there's without always, being gay, without being it doesn't make them gay. Exactly. Right. Um, so there's a lot of conflation of all these different things. And I think if you really wanted to talk to somebody about this stuff and change their mind or educate them, if the purpose was really to educate, then it wouldn't have all been lumped together like that. It would have been separated out and talk about each topic individually rather than conflating them all together. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, so, okay. So, and I want to, I want to get more into that because I think the, all those terms need to be broken down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought same thing. So cringeworthy. Like, I mean, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like what they were, what they were doing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't funny. And no, Rachel Bloom is supposed to be funny. Yeah. I didn't find it funny either. It just fell flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, most people on the quote unquote left or ideological left or whatever, most of them also said, okay, that was just stupid. Like, what were you doing? Like, right. you're actually making things worse because yeah. that, that was just so ridiculous. Um, as right, it's the, almost like implying that if you want one of those things, then you want all of them. Yeah, I mean, there's that, right. But I mean, just like, just the, the, the presentation, the whole thing just really, really didn't work. And and mm-hmm. I and I kind of get the sense that maybe the producers of the show or Bill or whoever kind of knew because he's like, oh, I think this is something really, really special, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, like he had to kind of... He said, like, that's the right message or something like well, that. Well, he almost had to codify it, saying that, you know, look, you might not understand this, but it means something, <laughs> you know? And, and, and that's not good if you have to say that sort of thing, unless you're doing a very personal show, which Bill Nye is not doing a very personal show. You know, he's not writing an autobiography here or presenting one. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, another thing that bothered me about it, which I think would bother some conservatives, not saying I'm conservative or anything, but... To like, no. <laughs> no. Um, but it, it almost felt like the way she was saying sex junk... I don't know if she was talking about mm. her genitalia or her sexuality or like the things she likes to do sexually. I, I wasn't sure what that was referring to, but I don't like it when people refer to parts of themselves as junk. You know, it's like it's treasure, right? That's kind of that's kind of a cliche. But right. Um, I mean, it can be old, funny when you say junk in the trunk, but junk in the trunk. Yeah, I guess. But like, right. Like, don't call a part of yourself junk. It almost like devalues it. And then she was like mm-hmm. naming off so many different sex acts. It was like, oh, yeah, this, that and the other thing. It's like it almost feels like it cheapens it or like degrades it a little bit. I don't know. I think like. Oh, sexuality is there's value to it and it's important and it's special 
Right. And uh, I wouldn't refer to it in that way. I know she's a comedian and blah, 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 but it just had sort of that feel to it. And that is another complaint that conservatives have about people. There's just like having all this meaningless sex. What's the point of it? You know, like, why are they just they're just going for numbers and they're just going to do all these different things. Sure. Right. And that felt like it was cheapening things kind of across a little the bit. Board yeah. Too. Playing sure. into that. OK. OK. So, let, what, you know, let's let's break down these terms and then I think think I want to get into some of the evidence for, well, no, let, let's break down those terms. Then let's get into the Thaddeus and, and Joe Rogan um, mm. audio. Okay. And then, and then I want you to give your scientific, you know, breakdown of why, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, there's, there's more than just two genders, you know, and, and, and all of this that the, like, cause that, that'll be the, the heart of what we get to. Um, but okay. So, Gender, like define. So, so there'll be like four terms here. You have gender, uh, sexuality, sex, as in biological sex, mm-hmm. and then race. And so, because I feel like those were kind of the four things that were getting conflated, mm-hmm. and each has a separate definition. Uh, obviously, they intersect at yeah. points, but each has a separate definition. So, let's start off with what is biological sex? Okay, so. First of all, before we go into each of these four terms, there are people who say, uh, and I think the arguments are a little easier to see with things like race and gender, but mm-hmm. there are people who say that all four of these things are social constructs, meaning that they are made up by people. They're not like objective facts about the universe. They're uh, ideas that people hold that may change throughout time and in different cultures. Mm-hmm. For example, with race, um, in some time periods of history, um, in American history, Irish people were considered black. And we would look at an Irish person and say, we're, they're an example of one of the whitest of the white Europeans, right? Right, right. But right. That's, that's because it's in our time, in our c- cultural context, we consider Irish people white. But in that time, they considered them black. There's books about this. Sure. Or Italians as well. Yeah. Or Jews. There's a classic book called The Jew and Negro. I mean, which is, you know, from the early 20th century Mm -hmm. uh, where I mean, and and this was a very popular book that was very clearly saying, you know, Jews are black people. And so now there are people who say Jews are not white. A lot of Jews are perceived as being white, mm-hmm. um, especially Ashkenazi Jews yes. of the European, European origins, yeah, yeah uh, ancestry. Um, however, the reason they say Jews aren't really white is because the quote real white people, the whitest of the white people, for example, Germans, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Hitler's Germany, or Christians throughout time, or Christians, right, don't consider Jews part of their group. <laughs> yeah, right, so, right, yeah. So anyway. Um, so there are people, who, I was just trying to point out an example of something that is a social construct. That's It's not like an objectively true thing that is true always and forever in different time periods and de- independent of the human observer. It it depends on the human observer. It's it, Yeah, when something requires context, it like it almost lends itself to being a construct. Right. I wouldn't say that's 100% across the board, but that's kind of an early indicator that this is something made up, you know, because it requires this this context of understanding. It doesn't mean that it's some kind of biological universal. Yeah, exactly. Right. It doesn't mean that a camera could look objectively at somebody and say their race or gender or whatever. Exactly. Right. It, and there is an objective reality, mind. folks, by the way. There is an objective reality, just in case that isn't made abundantly exactly. clear. Exactly. It's, it's not something you can measure like a temperature, for yeah, example. Yeah. Like you can say objectively, yes, it is this many degrees out or whatever. Right. You can't say objectively, um, you know, ideas such as 
male and female, black, white, Asian, that kind of thing, are they really require like a human mind to to measure and process those yeah. things, and they get a little more fuzzy. So, um, okay. So again, we were going to asking what does biological sex like? What does that? What's the definition of that? So biological sex is about the parts, the body parts that you have. It's um, it's an anatomical uh, thing, and parts elements of biological sex are genitalia that's the biggest one that most mm-hmm. people think of differing ven- genitalia do you have yeah. essentially a penis or a vagina right well some people have genitalia that is not clearly either a penis or a vagina right <laughs> um do, what do you have internally do you have ovaries do you have testicles do you have a uterus some people have uh are missing all of those things right or some people have structures that don't aren't easily defined. Some people have internal um, re- reproductive or urogenital structures that don't match their external genitalia. Right. Right. Another one is chromosomes. Do you have an XX or an XY? Well, um, as we read a big long article about on Sex and Science Hour, yeah, a lot of people do have predominantly XX cells or XY cells. However, their chromosomal abnormalities, some people have XXY, what do you do with that? <laughs> right. Right. Um, some people have are a mosaic of cells where most of their cells are one or the other, but then they have a few cells in their body that are the other type. Okay. Like some of their, most of their cells are, for example, most of their cells are XX, but then they have a significant number that are XY. There was a case of a mother who gave birth to a, a child. Uh, so, you know, she was able to have a child in the conventionally female sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then when the doctor did a chromosomal screening that was supposed to be for the baby, they found an incidental finding that a lot of the mother's cells were actually XY, which uh, is what we consider male. Right. So what is she? Is she a, is she a man, a woman, a male, female? It's It gets complicated sometimes. Okay. So biological sex is what parts do you have? Do you have a penis? Do you have a vagina? Does biological sex also include chromosomal uh, uh, abnormalities or normalities? Yep. Because that's a part of your body. So I would say biological sex is, is entirely dependent on your body and the body parts, including your cells that you have. Okay. Or your chromosomes. All right. Now next let's go to gender. What, what does define gender? Gender is uh, in a mental or emotional sense of being male or female or some maybe something else. Now that now we're adding additional language for this. And it's tough because a lot of this stuff, we don't have good vocabulary to talk about it. Yes, right. That's going to be a point here, but keep going. Yeah, we, we might say androgynous for somebody who doesn't fit neatly or squarely or doesn't feel like super male or super female. We might say... I don't know, a gender or something like that. We might say uh, there was a, I guess, some Native American term called like two spirit, which was somebody that felt like they had, you know, sort of a male spirit and a female spirit. But uh, gender is an emotional and psychological thing that exists in your mind. And it is the sense of identifying with masculinity or femininity. So maleness and femaleness, I would say those are terms that refer to biological sex, male, female, maleness, femaleness, those are biological sex, gender, uh, masculinity, femininity, man and woman. 
Those are gender terms. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read from the Oxford Dictionary here on what the definition of gender was. I, I don't think I don't I don't know that anybody would argue with you about biological sex, like mm-hmm. that. That's what that's referencing that's because again, it's biological. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So gender, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is either of the two sexes, male and female. They put that in parentheses, especially when considered with reference to social and cultural differences rather than biological ones. The term is also used more broadly to denote a range of identities that do not correspond to established ideas of male and female. Now, somebody might want to pull out, and I don't happen to have it, like maybe, you know, an 18 or, you know, like a 19th century version of the Daniel Webster Dictionary or something. And, you know, would gender even be there? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But but I'm sure. Because I think that definition is actually conflating gender and sex a little bit. Mm. I mean, obviously, there is a Well, I think a lot of people use the word gender, though. interchangeably with biological sex. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah. And so so that's why I wanted to to, to break these down. Um, like gender is very, would you say gender is an identity? Yeah. More so than a biology? Do, do, do you give it a more, you know? Yes. Gender okay. is an identity. Um, now, I think because of our culture, because our culture so strongly links gender and biological sex, um, most people... Uh, uh, conflate them feel natural about conflating them can't mm-hmm. tell the difference between them sure and for most people their biological sex is fairly clear-cut you know that's one of those things biological sex is one of those things where it, it, most people you know it's it's fairly obvious when the baby comes out they'll say it's a boy or it's a girl mm-hmm. maybe one out of a hundred or one out of a thousand they'll they'll be like oh that hmm, i'm not sure right. right and they'll have to do some more tests and then they'll make it as diagnosis but Gender um, is is a little bit more fungible because it exists in the mind. And so you really have to figure out what your gender is. And for most people, whatever sex, when a baby's born and they say it's a boy or it's a girl, from that moment on, they start tr- people start treating that kid differently mm-hmm. because it's either boy or girl. And there's tons of studies about this. You know, check out Cordelia Fine's book, Delusions of Gender. We've talked about it many times. Um, She just goes through the bias that's even in in neurological research about male and female babies, you know. Right. So from the time a baby is born and the the sex is declared by the doctors or whoever, um, people start treating that baby differently, including the parents. And so then that that person grows up from birth with with the identity of I am a boy or I am a girl. And... So for most people, biological sex essentially determines their gender. And they right. don't they don't usually, you know, a lot of people don't ever question that link, right? Like, hmm, everybody always told me I was a girl, but do I really feel like a girl? Do I feel like a woman? Everybody always told me I was a boy. Am I a boy? Nobody really asks. <laughs> a lot yeah. of people don't ask those questions. Now it's becoming more common to ask those questions. So we are seeing people question what their gender is and does that match the sex that they were told they were at birth or assigned at birth. Right. Um, and we have transgender people, which we'll talk, we could talk about too. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I would say I would draw a really sharp line between gender and sex because sex is about your body. Gender is about your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So one's a biological you know, like what you physically, one is a physical condition. Yeah. The other is an identity. It's more of a mental, like that. So that's, okay. For um, most people, they feel that their gender identity lines up with their sex. Sure. For for the majority of people. And those people are called cisgender. Cisgender. Okay. Um, meaning their sex and their gender are on the same page. 
Okay. Now, for people, you might have heard the term transgender. Cisgender and transgender are kind of opposites. For a transgender person, their, their sex that they were assigned at birth and their, the way they feel, their gender, are not on the same page. They're, they're at odds with each other. Right. Okay. So now um, let's go to the third term. And we have one more after that. Uh, there's sexuality. So Oxford Dictionary, again, uh, one is uh, the capacity for sexual feelings. And then it goes on to say uh, a person's sexual orientation orientation, or uh, preference. It can also mean sexual activity. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think most people go with sexuality, meaning a person's sexual orientation or preference. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I okay. would say sexual orientation. Maybe meaning like better. straight, gay, bisexual, Pansexual, pansexual, asexual, sapio, yeah, asexual, sapiosexual. I don't know. Like, like some of these, I think, are more modern terms, but it doesn't mean they don't hold validity. So, uh, for okay, people just that in case them. people don't know and they're listening, sure. Uh, pr- pretty much everyone knows straight and gay. Straight is heterosexual, yep. attracted to the opposite sex, or I guess maybe opposite gender. <laughs> um, uh, lesbian and gay. Lesbian is a woman who likes women. Right. Gay is a man who likes men. Bisexual is somebody who likes men and women. Pansexual means they're potentially attracted to all genders. So maybe maybe even people who identify outside of man and woman. Right. So maybe people who are more in the middle of that spectrum. Um, asexual means you are not attracted to any type of people. <laughs> You're just not right. attracted to people. Right. And there's supposedly there's degrees of asexuality just like there's degrees of everything else degrees of bisexuality degrees of of whatever right so some people you know you may have heard asexual you may have also heard something called like gray sexual which means like they're eh, they have a weak sexual attraction to people sure okay so now let's get to the fourth one and that's race race Um, now how would you define as a biochemist if the if the word race was brought to you how, how do you define that oh god I would say there is no biochemical definition of race. Um, race is an idea that people carry around in their minds, and it's different in different places in the world, in different his- historical contexts. Um, there's really no genetic. There are genes that are associated with um, certain ethnic groups or people of certain ancestry, where their ancestors came from a specific part of the world. Um, but as far as a genetic test for race, there is none. There is none. Okay. Um, race, I would say is about your your ancestors' origins before people started moving around the world globally. Mm-hmm. And now we have such a global society that people live all over the place. People aren't really limited to a geographic area where they were born and raised and their parents were born and raised. Now we can travel all over the place, but race is, is sort of about where your ancestors were from in the world and what characteristics, physical appearance characteristics, they developed as a result of that. So generally people consider... This is this is arbitrary too, but generally people consider there to be three major races yep. of humans, which are basically Caucasian people, um, African people, and Asian people. Yeah. So you have, and and you got to be careful with the term Asian. Now in sociology, okay, there is the idea of race. If like you know, if you're a sociologist of some kind, and somebody came to you asking about race, they would list off the three that at least this is what they used to call them in the books. You know, back when I was into this sort of thing, um, there was there's Caucasoid, and then there's Mongoloid. It sounds like an alien, and then there's literally Negroid. 
Okay, like those are the three right. sociological Those terms races. come from like 200 years ago uh, when sure. they were doing this so-called scientific racism and feeling the bumps on people's heads and stuff like that. Precisely, right. But the bottom line is, is that, yeah, there, there is like that the Asian. And the thing is, is that when you say Asian, a whole bunch of really, well, I'm just going to insult them. Stupid people start saying, well, Russians are Asians. And it's like, come on, stop. You know what I'm talking about, you know? Right. If you mean from the continent of Asia, that's one thing. But if you right. mean like somebody with... Um, the, uh, the the eyelid structure of yeah. what we would consider an Asian face and straight black hair, then that's a different thing, right? Right. So, so generally, we judge it on facial characteristics, but obviously, those groups those groups of people encompass tons of subgroups of people where they have different cultures, you know, and subcultures mm-hmm. within those and different a ancestries. Lot of history. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, because obviously, Asian people, right? They could be. Chinese, they could be Korean, they could be Japanese, they could be a, a native um, islander, I guess, of Australia. They sure. could be Maori or whatever, yep. <laughs> Aboriginal, yep. Polynesian, yeah, absolutely. Filipino. Like, there's tons of different subgroups of, of people within each of those categories. Right. And so race, maybe it has a, a component of, of heritage or culture, I guess, or of um, ancestry, of, of roots, if you will. But... Um, it's it's very arbitrary and people can be perceived as a different race than they know themselves to be right sure i mean and when you do you know speaking of of now you mentioned genetic testing i mean Mm -hmm. when you think about like 23 and me and things like this i mean like you find out everybody's got a little bit of something in fact most people aren't even purely human they have uh you know neanderthal (laughs) genes yeah neanderthal uh, and and denisovan which were other hominids besides homo sapiens yeah so i mean so you have that you know how far do you go with a lot of this stuff really um so and 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 those are based upon, like you said, those are those are, uh, uh, I guess, genetic. Would they be genetic differences based upon geography? Of ge- geography of the ancestors, I guess. Right. Okay. But but I mean, if you had one gene that was associated with uh, Nepal, let's say, because we watched that special about the Nepalese people who climb the mountains, who climb the mountains, yeah, and they have a special um, erythropoietin gene that helps them uh, maintain their uh, oxygen levels in the high altitude where there's not that much atmosphere. If you had that gene, would it make you Nepalese uh, ancestry? No, I mean, not necessarily, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's sort of clusters of characteristics and clusters of things. And so the definitions get vague. It's usually like, oh, I know a black person when I see them, or I know an Asian person when I see them, I know a white person when I see them. Well, you don't always. And, And people, of course, are... Um, so-called interracial marriage is on the rise. Supposedly in America, one out of seven marriages is, is quote, interracial. Um, and so people are having babies, and those babies are turning out to be perceived as ra- so-called racially ambiguous, right? right? You see the person and you don't know exactly what their ancestry is. They could be read as multiple different things. Now, some people, you know, claim kind of similarly to what you're talking about with gender, where you were saying that the argument gets made that gender is a social construct, that it is something that is made up by humans, by people. It's not actually a biological universal principle. Yep. Um, some people make the same claim about race, that it is, or not just some, but <laughs> a lot of people make the claim. Uh, I mean, in the past, that wasn't so. But, you know, now the claim is made that, you know, 
by by many that this is actually you know that race is actually an entirely a social construct um and by the definition you gave i mean honestly it sounds like one because it's based upon ancestry it's based upon the history of where you were um i mean you know there might be some elements of geography you know like what food you ate and stuff like this but at the end of the day you know it, it, as far as holding on to it and it's still like identifying and applying it to you it does it does sound like a construct mm-hmm. uh, you know it exists in your mind and it exists in other people's minds because the the reason this, that race is i guess important is because people see other humans and they perceive them as one race or another or some you know they they perceive them as a specific race and then people have sometimes preconceptions judgments prejudices about people of races about whatever races Mm -hmm. and they apply that to that other person without getting to know them and verifying if those things are true it people use it as a shortcut for saying oh i know this person i know what they're about i can tell how dangerous they are i can tell how i can tell things about them just by looking at them whereas you you can't always tell things about people just by looking at them well and it really especially in kind of i guess you could say the circles we we run in uh stephanie where you know lots of anarchists and all that that's all about really concentrating on the individual like that the individual is sort of the ultimate metric here and you know when when you when when people generalize i mean they're you know we have to deal with i guess to some degree the reality that people do generalize negatively or whatever in this way and that they have for perhaps centuries if not thousands of years that they have generalized on humans based upon their like physical appearance of being black or being something you know being asian or or whatever and now there there are cultural consequences there are civil you know consequences within society and civilization that have be, that have come out of that Wars okay. get started. Sure, right. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, they do. And so I, I think it's a, you know, but it, it's unfortunate that, you know, there's, there's those, there is those consequences that, you know, like black people are still treated differently, uh, you know, and all this. And so you have in to, America, I yeah. think you need to recognize that, that that's happening. Yeah, in America, right. Uh, that, that, that that's a thing, that that occurs and that there has been this, you know, either institutionalized uh, racism or, you know, this cultural racism or whatever. But at the same time, you really do want to treat people as as individuals, you know, and have understanding, uh, you know, uh, as as individuals. So, you know, it, it's a tough, I'll agree that this is kind of money waters, that yes, we want to treat people as individuals. People are individuals. But at the same time, you have to understand, I think you need to understand that there is a, yeah, there's this cultural, there's this normalized cultural aspect of how, you know, this idea of race gets, you know, these people get treated differently. Oh, just because something is a social construct doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. An idea absolutely exists. And it can have real consequences for people's lives. So don't misunderstand us when we say these things are social constructs. Yes, they are ideas that people have in their minds that affect, that color how they view the world and how they interact with other people. But that doesn't mean those ideas are irrelevant or inconsequential or not real. They're absolutely real. They affect our lives a lot. Right. Or that they should be ignored. Or that they should be ignored. I mean, maybe they should be deconstructed. Maybe the construct should certainly Ah, be deconstructed. There's a word. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Constructing. So what does that mean when you deconstruct in a construct? Well, I think for step one is realizing that, okay, maybe this is a construct. Is it a construct? Is this something objectively measurable, like a thermometer or like a camera could mm-hmm. see about the universe? Or is this something that mostly is an idea in my mind, right? Right. Um, so that's step one. And then, you know, like with gender, 
ask yourself, what is, what exactly is masculinity? What exactly is femininity? What is maleness? What is femaleness? What do those things mean to you? And has that always been true? I mean, at one point, you might say, well, femininity, part of femininity is uh, wearing makeup and high heels and, uh, and having long hair and, ha- and looking nice, right? Looking attract, looking at beautiful. Well, there were times in history when men wore high heels and makeup and powdered wigs and had long hair. Right. You know? Um, well, it, what is masculinity? Uh, strength. Masculinity is being strong, right? And being a hunter. Well, there's, there have been throughout history, and there still are, some tribes in the world, indigenous people, where the women do the hunting. Yeah. And they are the strong, they are considered the warrior class, they're stronger, and they make decisions. And they, they're the decision makers, you know, in government and stuff like that, of mm-hmm. the communities. So every gender norm that you can think of, everything, every definition, or every element of masculinity and femininity that you can think of, can have exceptions, whether that's at different places or times throughout the world, or even in your own life. And so it can be really confusing for people to get a grip on what it means <laughs> to be male or female. Um, and I think those are actually important questions to ask, because unless you ask, you just end up accepting whatever is given to you by culture. And that's not always the right thing. Sure. Now, I want to get to the the audio of Rogan and and Thaddeus. That's going to go about 15 minutes. But, the, you know, I want to make a quick point, And that is, is that like really like if there if these problems exist because of like, you know, racial perception and a lot of these other things, if they are just social constructs, but they create, you know, problems, people get treated differently, you know, in a very negative way or in a positive way or whatever. Um, you know, the, the first step in solving a problem is you, you've got to recognize the problem, like that yeah. it exists, you mm-hmm. know, that it's a thing. And then you can actually get to like, if you want to get to a world where everybody's treated, where individually, you know, individuality is, you know, held up sacred and everything. And, and you know, everybody gets treated as individuals. OK, yeah, let's do that. But then let's let's first off recognize that people aren't treated that way right now. How are they being treated? And when you recognize that, then you can get into that deconstruction phase of where you can get everybody to being to to be being treated um, as individuals. So anyway, uh, let's get to this. This is about 15 minutes long. We're going to intersperse here and there. We're not going to talk over. I'll stop the audio when we need to uh, to comment on a point that either Joe or uh, or Thaddeus uh, makes. Um, about this again, this is a very popular. This is arguably the most popular podcast episode in the world right now. That being the, the this episode with with Thaddeus and uh, and Joe Rogan. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes for it so that people can listen to it in in its entirety. Um, I'm not that big a fan of Rogan. I can't really. I have a hard time doing that <laughs> unless he has a really great guest on. Um, but. You know, anyway, that's that's totally up to you. So I don't want you to think I'm taking it out of any kind of context. It's just I'm doing my own show and I need to play what actually, you know, that they said. Uh, So, Stephanie, you ready for this? I am. Okay, let's uh, let's start playing it. So the trans movement, for instance, right, that started from postmodernism. That whole idea, right, is that, you know, if you were born with a penis, you're a man and you should do X, Y and Z with your life. Mm -hmm. Right. The trans movement needed that, needed postmodernism to make that intervention and say, no, that's not true, right? You can actually be a woman because because woman is an invention. It's a social construct. What trans, much of the trans movement now is doing, which makes me so sad, is that they're saying that I am 
biologically, essentially, naturally, you know, in my core, a woman. No, no one is. <laughs> no one is. You can't, ch the whole point of this movement used to be that you get to choose your gender or choose not to be a gender. You get to move around. Your destiny is not determined for you. What the a lot of the trans movement now is doing is, is a good word, reifying. They're making these ideas, these abstractions real again. They're making these claims that are similar to Sam Harris's claims and to old racist claims and to old sexist claims that if you're born a particular way biologically, this is who you are, right? Because you've heard a lot of trans people say this, right? I was born a woman. That's, that's what they often say. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is no one was born anything. What? Well, I, you are losing me in a huge way. Why? You don't think that women, that some women are born women and some, you don't think you're born a man? No. What are you born? A, Why are you a man? For all sorts of reasons. For all sorts of reasons. Yeah. None of them being well, biological. We just decided. None, we just of being, none of them being the XY chromosome. We none just, of them being you have testicles. None we of them being you have a penis. None of them being the fact that you generally gravitate towards male activities like boxing, kickboxing, aggressive we just, things. We just went through this whole thing. No, you didn't. Yoel Romero and Andy Dick. Yeah, but you. Why are they both men? But you. You. Yeah. You're a man. Yeah. Right? We're not talking about the broad spectrum of masculine behavior. We're talking about no one is born a man. You're not born a man. I'm not born a I'm man. Saying, I'm saying that the, no. I think I think we're getting silly. Hold on here. I think it's the category of man becomes meaningless. Does it? Yeah, we just did this, man. No, we didn't. Why? We definitely didn't do Yoel this. Yoel Romero and Andy Dick are well, both. It's a broad put in, category. Uh, the lines so get blurry broad. at the ends of the spectrum, and I think they cross over. The f male female lines do cross over when you get to that Kenyan runner mm -hmm. and Andy Dick. Yeah, but that's what I'm you saying. Do. It's so broad that it mm -hmm. becomes to me pretty damn meaningless. Well, the numbers are incredibly small at those crossover marks. You're talking about a very, very small percentage of the population. Neither, neither Andy Dick nor Yoel Romero are trans people, right? Andy might be. They are so different, though, physically in every way. Okay, yeah. That but we both put them in this silly category called, man, what the hell does that mean anymore? Well, Andy has children. He made what does them. That mean anymore? He impregnated different women and got babies and from a them. a lot of people called men who don't and can't. Can't. Okay, yeah. Can't. But that's rare. They were rarer, born that way, by the way. But that's pretty rare. Mm, not that rare. Oh, it's very rare. It happens. Most, most men, when they have sex with a woman and they put sperm right. in their body, so they can one, make a baby. So that's one characteristic. But hold on a second. You're, uh -huh. you're, you're, you're making it as if it's a really common thing. When you're talking about like one, a s small fraction of the men can't make babies. Mm -hmm. An incredibly small fraction. So an incredibly... The vast majority of males with the XY chromosome who have penises are capable of impregnating a female with an XX chromosome. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the, the male was born a male, the female was born a female. Right. But, well, so what so, do you mean that you aren't born a man or you aren't born a female? Right. So there are many, many characteristics, right, that we assign to the category yes. of man. Many of them. Okay. That's one characteristic. Okay. So let's stop there for a second. What, I mean, how, like, how do you feel about what Thaddeus has said so far? Like, I guess, you know, here, here it is. Here's point blank. Do you think that, you know, because because they haven't gotten into the race yet. That's going to come up. Mm. But do you think that gender, you know, uh, uh, maybe uh, sexuality or well, let's start it off. OK, Bi biological sex. That is not something that's, again, up to debate. Biological. You, you are either male or, you know, you either have male or female parts 
or, you know, there's, there's some mixture, most people, right. And then there's a mixture, you know, like there, there's a percentage of people that can, like you mentioned earlier, can have both and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So biological sex, we look at that. All right, whatever. Um, but gender, do you think that gender is a social construct? Like that it is completely like that the male, like you were saying earlier, maleness, femaleness, that these things are social constructs that exist outside of biological sex. Uh, yes. Maleness and femaleness. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, so in this discussion so far, I mostly agree with Thaddeus, yep. but I don't think that what Joe is saying is invalid because it's something, that's how almost everybody feels. They're like, wait a minute, what are you saying? There's no such thing as male and female. And or there's now, such, no such thing as man and woman. Yeah. yeah. And like that makes a lot of people's heads explode because they're told from literally the moment they are born and the moment anyone else is born that there is male and female and that they, it correlates with the baby's genitalia, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Um and so I get where he's coming from, and, and that makes total sense. And, and people are like, wait a minute. You start saying there's no man, there's no woman, there's no male, no female. And I start to, like, really lose this grip on reality. It feels like you're floating in outer space with, like, no anchor, right? right. It's like, what is this? this? What is this alternative reality you're talking about? And so I see – I really see where Joe Rogan is coming from on that. Um, I think, you know, perhaps there's there's a truth that's somewhat in the middle, which is that – Maybe there are certain personality traits or, I don't know, certain the likelihood of, of some traits that are associated with uh, with biological sex. Like if you were raised in a cultural bubble, that like a, a purely neutral, gender neutral culture, mm-hmm. maybe the people with external, you know, maybe the people with penises and the people with vaginas would would somehow show slightly different trends toward having certain traits or characteristics but we'll never really know because there is no pure cultural bubble it's impossible to separate out from culture right now and so we get these things that we consider masculine or feminine and how much how much of a man or woman an adult man or woman having those traits is because they were expected to have those traits from the moment they were born Right. And they were treated as though they should have those traits from the moment they were born. I don't know. I don't know what percentage is, is biological or inborn versus versus nurture. I think a lot of it is cultural. Maybe there's some biologic, purely biological. Um, but, ooh, it's, it's really hard to, well, to separate that out. And there is a huge cultural uh, cons- influence that we can't deny. Yeah. So, I mean, and and there's, you know, certainly there's biological influence. I mean, well, you know, one of the arguments that that isn't getting discussed, I don't think a whole lot here is, you know, nature versus nurture. Right. Um, but I think there's even a middle ground between nature versus nurture. I never think that I don't things aren't binary. No, <laughs> you know, they're not. Uh, That's why I, I said there could be a truth in the middle. Yeah, I think there is. So because there's a couple questions that have to come up, which is nature versus nurture. And then even what is a human being? Like what really makes a human being? Now, starting off with nature versus nurture. So by nature, some people have a penis. I think that when they see they have a penis, when they understand how their body works, not that this is how they biologically necessarily respond, but I think that their sexuality, or not their sexuality, the way they have sex, the way they have intercourse, the way they get it on is, you know, it can be or is influenced by the body part that they have. Like the style, it doesn't have to be, but I think, you know. It is for, influenced by the body part, but it's also influenced so much by culture. Yes. Consider circumcision, which can very much alter the way that 
penis-bodied people have sex, right? That people with penises have sex. Consider oh, sure. porn. Consider how how a lot of uh, people that are considered or labeled boys or men, how they learn to masturbate, right? Right. How they grow up thinking and being told about sex. How much shame is inflicted on them about sex. Yeah. Like so many cultural components. To yeah. That. And same thing with girls. Yeah. Just I, what I'm saying is, is that the biological part can influence you as much as I think culture can, or at least to a degree, it can, it can influence you. Just the biological part. That's not necessarily, culture is a huge part of it. In fact, it, it's, it's probably the biggest part. That's why it's a construct. You know, that's why I like this concept of maleness, femaleness, and all this different stuff, like you were talking about earlier, is why I agree. It is a construct. Um, but then the question, I think, becomes very quickly, I want to play more audio. We're going to get to it. Um, like, what actually makes a human being? You know, and and I would argue that what separates us from the animals is consciousness. You yeah, know? well, that's what Ayn Rand said: Re- the ability to reason, yeah, and be critically, right, concept formation. Now, now, what part of consciousness, like we, you know, we don't have a very good. Here's a problem, and and I loved earlier when you said that we don't have very good terms for a lot of stuff, and we don't. Okay, you know what what makes like like what makes consciousness? We don't exactly know. Does really is consciousness so much about you know, X, Y, you know, chromosomes or, you know, or X chromosomes or whatever, like how much does that influence, um, uh, you know, consciousness and things like this? I don't think that there's like, I don't think that there's actually the research that says yes or no, like not, not really. I mean, just like, like in the past 10 years, what's I think, or, you know, and you can, I imagine you can cooperate this, like one of the biggest, uh, uh, new areas, arenas of science is what do, you know, how does bacteria you know, gut bacteria in mm-hmm. a human being affect the way that they think, the way their brain operates and all this stuff is, con- does consciousness just sit in the brain? But my point being is that we're, we're always learning new ways in which it appears that our consciousness, uh, you know, is affected by, you know, by, by biological concepts. But the thing is, is like, you know, you can't just say, well, that it's X and Y chromosomes or something like that, even if you believe that. Mm-hmm. Like, and so so then you're going to say that there is definitely a male consciousness and there's a female consciousness, right? Because I think that's what a lot of people would, would be arguing for um, if they're making this claim that there's male and female, which is kind of what Rogan's saying. All right. But no, then you suddenly have this other factor. You have gut bacteria that completely affects the way that you think, mm-hmm. or at least as we understand it now. Mm-hmm. So no, it's so we don't have a good grasp of consciousness in the first place. I think one of the most brilliant things I'm, I'm this might I might get into this more later instead of here, but you know one of the most brilliant things uh, uh, you know like in anarchism we were talking about anarchy here uh, and in individualism was Max Stirner and he called you know he called the ego you know he called the person he called the, the individual like he, he calls it the ineffable one. You can't describe it, but like that, that ineffable one actually has nothing to do with, you know, it's what he would call a spook. It has nothing to do with your biology. I mean, like, yeah, it resides, you know, kind of in your biology and he wasn't making a case for a soul by no means, you know, cause he was an atheist, mm-hmm. but you know, he was saying that, that it's something we don't really understand and that we can't exactly comprehend. And when you can't do that, how can you possibly create or, you know, how could there possibly be something like gender and whatever else when we don't even understand what consciousness, the very thing that makes us human, is? <laughs> yeah, I know. It gets so complicated. I mean, if you think about the question of if you – this is why I don't want to freeze my head. Like if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. if, I, if I get sick or something, something in my body fails, I don't want to just freeze my head and, and then have that preserved for later to potentially get transplanted onto a new body. Right. Because I think – the body that's attached to your head has a huge effect on your mind. Yes. 
sure. and brain and, and thought process and cognition and everything. So if you believe that things would not be completely the same if your head got transplanted onto a different body, then you must believe that there's something about the body that influences your mind and therefore would influence gender, right? Yeah. So there's something about your biology that would influence your sense of gender and gender identity. Yeah, and, right. And and I and I'm I'm with you on that. And and to just to explain like in cryonics, that's kind of the new hotness is to just freeze the, freeze head, the head. That that's all you need to do. Because supposedly um, the brain gets preserved better that way. Right. Um and and yeah, but I'm with you. I disagree. I mean, and it's the same reason I I'm very I question transhumanism because I don't know how can a computer, I mean, the amount of connections, the hundreds if not thousands of connections that that the computer would have to mimic, that it would have to like perfectly mimic between my brain and my body to to replicate or transfer what makes up me, I mean, I, I think that's almost incalculable by by any computer, uh, quantum or otherwise. I don't I don't give a shit. Uh, so I you know I'm, I heavily debate like transhumanism for, for the very same reasons you know uh, uh, you know that that we're bringing up here you know about gender and everything. Um, so yeah, like just based upon what we don't know, it seems impossible to me. That there is such a thing as actually as gender, like that there is a just this binary male female gender, and that that's what people kind of grow up as. Because we, I mean, we just don't we don't have you know the as the saying goes, you know, the science is in. Well, the science is not in, <laughs> you know, right. and you don't want to reside in this mystery land, you know, and in the unknown certainly. Um, but it seems very clear that like to me that 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 consciousness is is so. <laughs> Even if it were, let's say, let's say, because there's a lot of people who want to make the claim that it completely resides within the brain. You know, even if it did, okay, that resides within the brain. It doesn't reside within your dick. It doesn't reside within, you know, your your, your veg. Uh, so then, you know, that then the human is just the consciousness that's in the brain. And then, you, you know, then that's why these people are saying, well, you know, all you want to do is freeze the brain. Well, then, yeah, guess what? Either way you look at it, then gender doesn't matter. Right. Because it's not it, it's not the sum of your parts. Yeah. yeah. If that's what you believe. Uh, so. It, so, yeah, like Thaddeus is saying, I think they're they're talking past each other a little bit in that sure. that we just heard. But Thaddeus is saying it's silly. Like, yeah, we we as a society define maleness as many different things, so many different things that and there's so many exceptions to each of those things that the term becomes almost meaningless because it's such a broad definition and there's mm -hmm. so many different components to it that what does it even mean anymore? And Joe Rogan's saying, oh, but come on, come on. Like if a man fathers a child, obviously he's a man, right? And Thaddeus said, well, some people who are considered men can't father children and they were born that way, right? <laughs> some people who are men, uh, I don't know, there's all kinds of, some people who are men uh, don't even have a penis, right? Sure. So, <laughs> I mean, he's just saying, like, what's the point of it all? It becomes silly. And I, I kind of agree with that. I, I think gender, to a certain extent, is, is silly. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. So let, let's go back to some audio here. And especially the thing that's silly about it is that there are expectations attached to your gender about how you should live your life. That's the real silly thing about it. You are, you are this, and therefore, you are tied to this fate and to acting in this way that we associate with masculine or feminine no that's that's the real thing that that's silly to me yeah yeah I'll, all right well, well yeah we'll get to the audio aspect. in a second yeah and and part of the problem there is that if you act outside of those it'd be one thing if people just said 
okay, well, they're not acting how I think, you know, men should act. Oh, no, no those expectations are enforced. Yeah, yeah they, they think are you're, socially enforced. Right. You, you deserve, are punished if you go outside. Exactly. You you deserve a straitjacket if you don't happen to be with the, or there's something wrong with you. And yeah, that's, you're absolutely right. That's where it becomes a huge issue right out of the gate. Um, instead of even, you know, respecting individuality and people's differences. Um, so, okay, let, let, now let's really go back to the audio. Okay. So why, why is that characteristic in the man category? If in particular that there are some men who don't share that characteristic. But which ones don't? You're, that's the aberration. The aberration is the you, ones that don't. Why is it an aberration? See, these are because they can't get a woman pregnant. They don't produce sperm. You're talking about like very, very rare cases. Yeah, same with for race. Same thing happens with sickle cell anemia. Right, this is what everybody invokes when they want to claim that race is real. Only black people get sickle cell anemia. Well, guess what? The numbers there are about the same as the number of men who are infertile. Why then are people with sickle cell anemia definitely black? Why is that definitely a black thing? Same thing. It's, you know, again, why are we, there's all these characteristics. Why do we draw this line called man around all those different people? Okay. So to that comment, like about, you know, race and everything. I mean, what do you, like, what do you think about that? Like, I mean, effectively Thaddeus's comment is, is that, you know, the, like, he's saying that if I'm going to summarize what he said, he's saying that um, we associate the ability to impregnate a woman and produce sperm with maleness. And we also associate sickle cell anemia with blackness, right? And those are interesting things because it's about the same percentage of the male population that is infertile and can't impregnate a woman as it is the percentage of black people who have sickle cell anemia. Right. But Joe Rogan said the the not the infertility is an aberration. Right. Right. And that doesn't count. It doesn't make you not male if you're a male, but you're infertile. Right. But uh, Thaddeus brings up the counterpoint of, well, no, I mean, because with blackness, it supposedly makes you definitely black. If right. You have the aberration is used to prove is used to prove the race, race but it's not allowed exception. to. Right. It's, it's used to prove race, but aberrations not allowed to use to prove uh, the lack of gender. Yeah. Um, and so like there's a double standard going on. Yeah. Um, would you I mean, do you agree with that assessment of his? Yeah, I think I think maybe he um, the conversation was moving a little too fast for some people to get that finer point. But it's it's good that we kind of broke that down because it's he's making a good point. Right. Oh, yeah. I like, think it's solid that there is a double standard. Like, yeah, right. Why do we, when there's a small percentage of people that are the exception of, to the rule, why do we use that to prove the rule in some cases and not to prove the rule in others, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, let's continue with the audio. Well, why do we do it with animals? When you have a male dog and a female dog, isn't there a male dog and a female dog? Inventions. You don't believe there's a male dog and a female dog? I'm just saying dog? it's inventions. Now, hold on. So before you get... But it's not an invention. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, of course. But it's not an invention. One of them has a penis and testicles. Yeah, it's yeah, a the, male. The thing we see, we call it a penis. Sure, I get it. No, I get it. And that's the world I live in. Absolutely. So I operate in this way, by the way. So a dog I, penis world? You and I would agree on all the things in the world that are dogs. Right. <laughs> and all okay. the things. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to walk around and be like, oh, no, Joe, that's right. not a dog. So with humans, you're making a distinction that there are Same. certain feelings and the way you no. interface with the world that may be more or less masculine or feminine. No, but it does apply to dogs my point here which is that we did draw a line right in those there's this do all dogs look alike my god there's a huge variation there we're not too. talking about race though we're talking about gender right either way it doesn't matter it's okay, the same, let's just same say principle doberman's 
Uh-huh. Male Dobermans and female Dobermans, uh-huh. right? You can't sure. like if you go to buy a male Doberman and the guy gives you a female Doberman, he goes, "Oh, but she identifies as being a male." Mm-hmm. This it's it's just an invention, man. This is a male, but she's a male. You can't disrespect her by saying she's not a male. Th- you would say that guy's crazy, and you want your money back. Are there any two females who are identical? Two female what? Anything. I mean, if you have a no. really good breeder, you can get pretty goddamn close. If you're talking about dogs, no, no, there's no, there are no two. Indiv- organisms that are identical certainly not. not identical certainly not. down to the hair no, yeah, you've well, got no technicality but so you can then, still categorize them as x y sure. x x chromosomes sure. no? and i'm not saying we shouldn't categorize anything ever because we must do that to live in this world what are you saying what i am saying is we should probably stop applying certain categories to human beings in the way okay, so here's a case where kind of throughout this whole conversation and joe was doing it and he was wrong for doing it where he's conflating gender, race, like he's conflating those four terms, oh, sex yeah. and everything that we were talking about. He's like, well, but this dog has, has a penis, so that's a male. And then that this other dog has, you know, you know a veg, so it's a female, right? Um, but that, that's conflating the argument. Because, again, we, we made it clear gender and biological sex are two separate things. Right. I don't and think also animals have gender. Right. Animals have biological sex. But I don't think they have gender because to have gender requires a human mind that can have this concept formation because concept formation is like the the idea that basically um, you could have two different chairs, but you recognize that they're both chairs, even though they look very different from each other. Mm-hmm. For example, you have like a like a lounge chair and a kitchen chair and you recognize, OK, these things are both chairs. They both have these things like four legs and a thing that you can sit on that's about the same size as a human ass and things like that, right? Right. So we can we can sort of generalize to different concepts. Um, and so that's, I think, what we do with gender, right? Like, oh, these things are vaguely similar in certain ways that I've been, that that culture generally accepts as true and that everybody around me kind of reinforces with their behavior and with what how they describe these things. So, okay, these things are male. That's mm-hmm. how I know these things are male because they share certain characteristics and, and and Thaddeus is saying those characteristics can be vague and have lots of exceptions and there's too many of them to really be meaningful, right? Um, animals just don't have that. Like some animals have culture. You know, dolphins supposedly have culture. Well, they they do- click to each other by names and address individuals and they have certain, they make art and things like that. And right. they they supposedly have like variations of language that they use with within pods and things like that. So, and, and elephants too, elephants have sort of societies or tribes that they mm-hmm. stick together and they remember things and they have very good memories, but they don't have the same like hugely built up culture and, and they're not so social and so intelligent and so able to do that concept formation as humans are. And so I don't think animals do have gender because they don't, they don't have the necessary capacity to, to think about ideas in the same way that we do. Right. Well, they're acting upon instinct. I mean, like that's, that's it, you know? And, and so because of that instinct is entirely, I mean, that's a biological universal that is entirely part of biological sex. It is not a part of gender, which is a separate mm-hmm. concept. Well, and, animals, it, interestingly, animals can learn behaviors too. Not everything sure. they do is based on instinct. There can be learned behavior, which is interesting, but I think gender is largely learned behavior for humans. Okay. We're taught it. We are shown gender. 
there's this idea of performing gender. That's what some people say in this, you know, like the theory of feminism and, and everything, mm-hmm. where, where you perform gender. You're basically, you're putting on an act. You're playing a role, the gender role, right? And the reason you know how to play that role is because you've seen others do it before you. You see your parents do it. You see your peers do it. You see people on TV, people in books, people in movies do it. And so you pick those things up and say, oh, that's how a woman acts. That's what a woman does. That's what a man acts. That's what a man does. I am a woman, so therefore I will do the same things that I see those other women women doing. And all those things are like we wouldn't necessarily know to do all that stuff if we didn't see other humans doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the best example, I use this example all the time um, because there's supposedly scientific studies done about this and they're horseshit right out of the gate, um, that boys will naturally pick up a stick and use it as like a gun or a sword or something. And like that argument is so ridiculous on its face, you know, and that, that you know, girls will do something else, right? Um, the reason that it's, a, it's ridiculous is because the... You know, the, the like how long it took for humans to develop guns and even swords, you know, was I mean, it, it took thousands of years, you know, right to, to get to the point to where they could even develop, you know, come up with inventions like that. Right. Okay? And so there's no way that a three year old or whatever age is that brilliant. Like, I mean, if like a that, kid is old enough to pick up a stick and pretend to use it as a gun. They're old enough to have seen somebody using a gun on TV. Right, and right. have a mirror to exactly. do that off of. They they didn't invent the gun, like you know. Yeah. It took an entire. I mean, arguably, it could have taken an entire society to come up with that sort of thing. You know, division of labor and all this different stuff. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's so ridiculous when that 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 claim um, gets made. Now, there's some interesting points in what you're saying, Stephanie. That that is another. I think another argument for another time, like about with dolphins and all that. Um, but do you think dolphins have gender or some intel- very intelligent? I animals? think there's some evidence that they might, but it, we're talking about such scant animals mm-hmm. that have these capabilities, and they're they're easily identifiable. Like like you know, and I what I mean, I, easily easily identifiable, as in there is you know thousands year old historical records that there was evidence that these things were showing off perhaps the ability to act outside of instinct. Um, you know, and dolphins are, are the easy case to go after. There's, you know, cephalopods. There's lots of other ones that you, you know, elephants that you could talk about. Not lots of other ones. There's a few other ones you could talk about. Um, but well, octopuses are really the only cephalopods, right? Yeah, yeah, that that nautilus. Yeah, kind of the, that family. But in any case, um, I mean, and it gets down to sort of that culture you're talking about that they can develop, uh, where where dolphins like they have this thing where they they use sponges as like a toothbrush. Okay, but it gets taught. By, you know, by, by the biological female sex. All right. The thing is, is that, you, you know, like, like that seems to be the norm hmm. within dolphins. However, there are male dolphins, clearly, or biologically male dolphins, that will, you know, they're statistically minimal, but that will do the teaching. Hmm. Now, what is the cause of that? Is it because they have, they have concepts of gender and a male somehow identified as being female instead and is, is taking on this cultural concept of teaching how to brush their teeth. You know, I mean, like what, like what, you know, what brings that up? But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it, that's really interesting. But it would, it would almost prove if that's so, if it is a gender identity issue, then it would actually prove Thaddeus. 
in my opinion, mm-hmm. of, 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 you know, what Thaddeus is saying, not what Joe Rogan's saying. But the point I wanted to really get to, you know, in pausing there is that this dog argument and everything is completely conflating all of, you know, the four different things that we described. It's it's conflating race. Yeah, it it's conflating gender, uh, you know, biological sex, gender. Um, and it didn't get into sexuality. But, you know, anyway. Well, that's why I think it's so important to distinguish those things, which we did yes. in the show. It was my, my goal in this episode was to distinguish, you know, between these four things because everybody's putting them together. Uh, so you want to continue with the audio? Yeah. All right, let's do Have done. Like how so? Because there how are so certain, with male and, male and female? Because there are certain inventions, certain social constructs that do nothing but bad things, that do no good, and they're only social constructs like race and gender. Well, tell me how race and gender definition. I'm not worried about, about Doberman's Especially gender definition. Let's look at gender definition and tell me how it's only bad. Why is it only de- bad to oh, define men as men and right. women as women? Because, well, if you say it's, it's, it's about making the biological claim, the, right, the biological connection there. Well, making a definition, Which like is, saying a guy who is born a guy who gravitates towards male activities, likes females, all those things, by saying mm-hmm. that that's a man, that this is a born man, mm-hmm. and you're saying, no, no one is. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying if those characteristics are naturally determined... Then all all of us guys who don't do those things are unnatural. Which things are those? Be all, the, all the things, that, women, whatever it is that you characterize as being male, right? But that's so common with males. Mm, what is being attracted to women, oh, really? engaging in oh, really? sex with women? Oh, really? Yes. Have you heard of gay people? Yes, it's a small percentage <laughs> of the population of men. Um, is it 1%? Is it 10%? Yeah, one out of 10? I mean, it's certainly a lot of people, isn't it? Well, it's a lot of people when you think about the 350 million people we have living in okay. America. Take, sure. Take all the men. Let's do this. Take all the men who are straight up homosexual, always right, have but been. Hold on. But wait. you can ca- classify them I, as gay men. I know. Hold on. So just take that, whatever that is. Okay. If it's one or two or five or 10%, whatever it is. Uh-huh. Only been homosexual 100%, never been attracted to a woman, period. Okay. Okay, fine. That's still a really significant number. I'm not done. Hang on. Then take the men who don't identify as homosexual, have had sex with women, have been attracted to women, but have fucked men. Hmm. Prisoners. Pretty damn big number there. Pretty damn. Oh. Wait a minute. How many guys do you think that are Pretty attracted to women but still fuck men? Uh, so Kinsey, the Kinsey study sure. in the 1940s and 50s mm-hmm. found that it was, I think, 30%. What? Yes. 30% of men fuck men? Reached orgasm in a sexual experience with another man. Yes. 30%. Yes. Yes. It was a very large number. Kinsey was hanging out with freaks. Yep. That's what I think. There were different numbers for women and men, but they were both very significant percentages. Very not majorities, but very significant percentages. Well, I don't know. I have to say personally that. known, I've personally known many men who you would consider straight, who identify as straight, who have done something with men. Either given them a blowjob, gotten a blowjob, had full-on sex, Hello. jerked each other off. Jesus, you're whatever. hanging out with weird I'm crowds, surprised bro. this is news to you. Well, it's news in that we're, even if they did do that, you're talking about individual sexual acts between people who are male or female, right? Mm-hmm. You're still talking about a man. Still talking about a man that's having sex with other men. You're defining it such in that way. You're literally saying no, a guy. You are. You're, no, you are saying you know guys who've sucked other guys' dicks. A guy right. who's done it to a guy. No, yeah. You're saying a man do it to a man. Gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. No, I'm saying that people who are identified as men you didn't by say society. That, though, did you? That's what I meant. People who are identified as men by society have done these things that society so considers were... to be unnatural for men. But when they were doing that, weren't they a man doing it to a man? And look what happened to those guys historically. 
Not so much recently, but certain, but still today, but listen, certainly historically. Listen, we can't keep going back to 100 plus years from now. Just, about, let's talk about like right now. I am. You're still talking about a man who's having a sexual exchange with another man. Mm -hmm. Like you can be sexually attracted to another man. It doesn't mean that you're both not men. So do you think homosexual men are men? Sure. Why? Because they're male. They have a penis. They have XY chromosomes. So they the, can get a woman pregnant if they wanted to. Okay, they so, can donate their sperm to their lesbian pals, and they can all so have babies together. So then you just together. eliminated one of the characteristics that you previously, previously said was male. No, which is no, attraction no, to no. Women. Most men, most, mm -hmm. are attracted to women, but a good percentage of them are gay. I mean, this is not, like, complicated stuff. They're still men. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know where to go from here. I mean, I think I've I think I've made the argument. I, I it's it's funny because you, I thought you were totally with me for like an hour and a half, and now it's like, I feel like you're not there. And I don't I'm definitely know what to not there with say. that. I think there's a giant spectrum of people, but to say that a guy isn't born a man or a woman isn't born a woman, I think is disingenuous. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's it's where the so. So that was a really interesting clip. Because yeah, I thought so. I thought it was really interesting because basically Thaddeus got Joe to show that, you know, there's really no defining characteristic that only that encompasses all and only men, right? There are exceptions to every rule that we associate with maleness and masculinity, right? At first he said, well, most men are attracted to men are attracted to women, right? And then Thaddeus said, well, what about gay men? Or what about men who identify as straight but have fooled around with other men? And Joe said, well, yeah, they're, they're still men, but they're gay men, right? And, <laughs> and, and so he was saying, basically, like, there's this huge glaring exception to the rule. Why do you still consider them men? And what happens to those men when they step outside of the gender norm, right? right. When they actually go, go against what is considered traditionally masculine, they get punished. And they didn't say that, but yeah, they did historically and even still today, they did get punished. And yeah, I mean, the immediate thought is like Alan Turing, you know, I yep. mean, which was just brutal oh. uh, just for being gay. And sure, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, and I think it's important to bring up too that like, because, you know, Joe Rogan's saying, well, what about right now? You know, what about right now? Well, right now, there's people that want to go back to when you do punish people for being gay, mm -hmm. where you do punish, punish people for stepping outside of societal mores, you know, and, and so the right now, maybe like, you know, being gay or, or, or live, having a different uh, sexuality than what has been historically acceptable is accepted today mm -hmm. better, maybe like in cities or something like that, right? Um but that doesn't mean that there isn't, a, 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 in my opinion, a very large movement that is wanting to get rid of that aberration, you know, that's wanting to get rid of, of this, this problem. Because their claim is, is that because you're buying into all this, because you're, you know, you're, you're not being, say, monogamous anymore, or, you know, you're guys stooping guys or something like that, that, you know, this is the problem with society. This is why everything's bad today. Yeah. And so we need to go back to the, you know, the good old church days or something. Yeah, it was very interesting because they started out in that clip by saying that Thaddeus thinks that um, it's bad or it's harmful to, to individuals to apply these labels of male and female. The gender, gender norms, the gender binary, assigning gender to people, and the expectations that come with it about how that person is going to live their life are harmful because what happens when you fall outside of them? Well, you get punished. 
And it was really interesting because Joe Rogan was buying it hook, line, and sinker. He was buying the gender norms hook, line, and sinker, and he was policing them. He was enforcing them. He was saying, when when Thaddeus was saying, Joe said, um, a thing that's masculine or associated with men is attract is being attracted to women, mm-hmm. right? And Thaddeus brought up gay men. And Joe said, well, there's not that many gay men. It's a very, very small percentage. And Thaddeus said, oh, really? Well, Kinsey found in his study in the 1950s that somewhere around the neighborhood of 30% of men had reached orgasm with another man in a sexual context. Right. So what do you make of that, Joe? And Joe immediately started judging. He immediately started going into, oh, Kinsey was hanging out with freaks. He yeah. said freaks. Yeah. And then Thaddeus said, well, I know lots of guys who identify as straight, but have gotten blowjobs and given blowjobs to other guys or had sex with them or whatever. And and then Joe did it again. He said, you're hanging out with some weird people. Yeah. Joe had really no answer. He went to insults and that he was... He was policing the gender norms. Sure. Right. So that he was proving the point of what happens to people who step outside the gender norms. And look at him. I mean, he portrays himself as as a man's man, right? Like a masculine, manly yeah. dude. Yeah. And he is careful to tout at every opportunity how much he loves sports, how much he loves this combat MMA stuff. Sure. You know, how much he loves having sex with women. He's attracted to women. You know, he doesn't want any of this pansy stuff. He's not good with feelings. He's into sports and rah, rah, beating people up. Right. And so... He's performing the the masculine roles, Mm -hmm. and he's policing the masculine roles when Thaddeus talks about people going outside them as though it's no big deal. So I think that was very interest a very interesting meta conversation. Yeah, I mean, and and again, this was an, this was an area where there was more conflation conflation of biological sex and sexuality. Yes, there was. I mean, that that conflation occurred again. That what is normal, it is both of these things. When. No, <laughs> those are two separate aspects of the human condition. Uh, so, okay, let's go to more audio. Okay, Thailand. Thailand, I think in India, and I think there's several Polynesian countries. There's several countries where there is a legal and cultural and social category that is neither man nor woman, nor male nor female. Like in Thailand, the lady boys, right? Mm-hmm. And there's other countries too have this. You can look it up. It's easy sure. to find, right? Okay, you know about this, maybe. Sure. Okay. Um, what about that? What about those, those there's people? that too. What do you, oh, wait. I think there's that too. So, oh, okay. I'm saying people can be born a man, but if you, people can be born a woman, or you can get these Andy Dick, Yoel Romero, weird variations. But Joe, Joe, take the lady boys from Thailand okay. and move them here to this mm-hmm. country now. How will they be considered? What do you mean? How will they be we, considered? Americans don't have those categories. Okay. We have only well, two. Don't we you have think there's a lot two. of variables in Thailand also that you're <laughs> dealing with like really young sex workers? There's a lot of weird shit that goes on in Thailand, a lot of abuse. So is the ladyboy category real or not? It's certainly real. Okay. That's just the trans category right. is real. So there they consider that real and but here we it, do not. But if a trans Why, category really is weird, real, and I think you agree it's real, and I agree it's real, mm-hmm. right? Trans I, people, I mean, I, there's absolutely people that feel like they're born in the wrong gender, well, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. So why isn't a man real? Why isn't a woman real? Oh, okay. They're real too. If you want to say they're all equally real, I'm down. Yes. I'm there. We're good. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's just that those that those categories have no absolute, you know, biological meaning. 
there's not meaning that they, they're fluid they're you know basically arbitrary sorry i mean they're that we invent them i'm not saying it's useless i'm not saying we should never have any categories i'm just saying that those categories have changed and they change but you kind of depending did on say where that, you though. are That's in the why world I'm disagreeing and, with you you kind of did say that a man isn't born a man and that a woman isn't born a woman and for sure a lot of them are for sure, a lot of people that have your stereotypical, classic female characteristics were born female. And for sure, there's a lot of men who have classic, stereotypical male behavior and patterns and desires. They're born men. Yes, and then there's trans people. And then there's also there's asexual people that also need to be considered. There's people that just don't have any desire to fuck anybody. Okay. They don't want to. They don't want to be a man or a woman. They can call themselves queer. They can call themselves whatever they want. They they don't want to be a female. They don't want to be a male. They just want to be human. Here's the deal. How about let's make a deal. If you if that's what you have to say about it, and you want to not, not get in the way of people doing those things and making those decisions for themselves and let them do what they want to do, I am totally with you. And oh, that's well, true for sure. I don't want to get well, in the way of anybody making. I, mean, I don't want to get in the way of furries. That's awesome. If, if you really that's identify awesome. with being a giant squirrel, that's awesome. That's great, and that's really what matters. Um, I'm just saying that claims and i want to end it here <laughs> claims about these essential characteristics that it's biologically determined right you know are the things that reinforce getting in the way laws policies cultures ideas norms that get in the way of people doing what they want to do with their own lives mm. right because so, yeah you see the, what I mean? for, for sure with some people well the, I mean? the variables are so extreme Let me tell you, here, and the spectrum is so broad so after i was on your show the first time okay so that's the end of the audio he goes into you know thaddeus starts talking about how um like that that youtube comments were, were pretty ugly and all that stuff and certainly i expect you know the golden stallion i expect to get a whole lot of shit for this episode uh, as well so i can appreciate what that is but talking we've had about. some practice because you know yeah i mean but me like i can i can let it roll off like i you know i'm a teflon don i mean it's <laughs> <laughs> as far as podcasting goes uh, so um because i've been doing this for years now uh but anyway the comments just don't stick yeah they just don't hold um but now the the point that that they were bringing up, and I want to get your take on like that whole conversation, what you thought of it, um, and then I you know I want to get, want to get you know get a little nitty gritty uh, some more. This is going to be a long it's going to be a longer episode, folks, um, but not too much longer. So the lady boys in Thailand that he was mm -hmm. talking about, those are the Katui. They are it's literally like in their language, it's the third gender. You know, for in Thailand, like it's it's a thing and it, and it's for either, you know, really effeminate males or for transgender uh, uh, like females. OK, and that's that's what falls under Katui or lady boys, as they're called abroad. Um, I thought it was I've never been to Thailand and I don't know much about this, admittedly, sure. but I thought it was basically um, young men who dress in drag. That's not. I think not... that's part of it too. Okay. Like that's part of it too. But that. But it's it's a part of their language, and this is a huge point to to drive home. And I I say this all the time on Sovereign Tech, and I think it's where a lot of arguments come from, especially in the United States, is that the English language fucking sucks. Like it is it it is missing so many words. Okay. Like it. it is it missing them, or is it purposely restricting the vocabulary because language determines thought? Sure, or redefining them, or something. I mean, all you got to know, you know, Philip K. Dick said, "He who controls the language." Or I yeah. mean, he, you know, that was his gist. That's not exactly how he said it, but his point was, you know, words are important, and and who who controls the language, you know, that's a big deal. Same thing that George Orwell, you know, warned about in 1984 and all that, right? You know, Newspeak and everything. Um, 
But, you know, so maybe it's intentional. But this is why, like, kind of like I mentioned with Max Stirner earlier, how he calls the human being, he calls it the ineffable one. You know, because there's no words for this. There's no terms. It, it's literally ineffable. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of other, I think arguments about property, I think it's the same shit because we don't have great terms, you know, for this. And, and that's a whole other conversation that I could have another time. Um, but the English language really does suck. There are other cultures which has the, which have the terms and the language that allows for this concept of there's something beyond male and female, uh, you know, Katui in Thailand being one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I thought that that was that was rock solid for uh, for Thaddeus to bring up. Like, I mean, that was, you know, really driving home that, you know, maybe the problem is just that we have no history or concept of this. And Joe couldn't answer his question. Right. He said, what would what would you consider a lady boy in the, in America? Yeah. And, and then Joe said, I don't even know what you're talking about. And like he, went he, on, he should have followed up and said, OK, would they be male or female? Because right. we don't have another word. Right. And, and Joe also, again, went to attack because he started saying, well, but we're talking about Thailand where there's, you know, child prostitution. Oh, and there's yeah. All this crazy stuff. And it's like, oh, hold on. <laughs> you know, like right. like you're deflecting now because uh-huh. the bottom line is, is that there is this there is a a cultural and a, a, I agree it's a construct, but there is this kind of like cultural construct of this third gender that is totally acceptable in Thailand and has been for some time. Uh-huh. Um, so. You know, what do you make of that? But anyway, I, I guess, you know, Stephanie, I mean, what did you think about the conversation between Thaddeus and Joe overall? Uh, did you end up on one side of, of the whole thing or did you have a lot of nuance or, you know, give me your take? I did find it a little bit frustrating. I mean, because Joe, I think he genuinely didn't understand what Thaddeus was talking about. Sure. Like, it was so foreign to him and it was so far from what Joe was used to that he just couldn't wrap his mind around it. And he was trying, but it was just hard for him. And Thaddeus, I think, was getting a little academic at some points. He was getting a little bit, um, maybe, I don't want to say like talking over Joe's head, but just like kind of like he wasn't making it maybe as easy as he could have to follow uh, what he was saying. Um, so I can see why someone would get frustrated with that. And well, they didn't define terms in the beginning, which was problem right. number one, and they which didn't... is what I wanted to resolve here. I but, agree. Yeah, and I, also, there were so many times when Joe conflated gender and sexual orientation, and Thaddeus did not call him out on that. And Thaddeus did not, you know, stop down and say, wait a minute, you're conflating two different things. Like, because Joe was saying he was basically conflating asexuals and agender. You know, like he was saying, there are people who don't want to fuck anybody. There are people who don't want to be any gender. It's like, okay, what does one thing have to do with the other, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> two, he's talking about two different things. So um, I, I would have liked to see a little bit um, a little bit more discussion about that, that kind of separates out those concepts. Because I think a lot of, a lot can be clarified when we, when we get those things separated. Yeah. Um, and it just causes confusion if we don't get them separated. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a very interesting conversation. Um, I mean, I definitely was mostly agreeing with Thaddeus, even though maybe I had a couple of, uh, Nitpicks. I don't know, a couple of, yeah, a couple of critiques about the way he did it. But of course, you know, I'm sure somebody could say the same about me. So yeah, mostly agreed with Thaddeus, but I could also see the perspective of Joe and see why he was getting so frustrated because I've been there, you know, well, his I've worldview is getting challenged. I mean, like oh, like fundamental yeah. aspects that he walks out of his door every morning with were, were being completely challenged and being told, seemingly, to get erased. 
Yep. Like, forget about that. That that doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, and yeah, Thaddeus tried to, I think, tried to empathize. And look, folks, understand, I am not like 100% on board with Thaddeus. I love Renegade History of the United States. It's a tremendous book. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of that stuff, I think that's great. But, um, you know, he tried to say, it's like, look, I'm not saying these categories aren't useful or that you can't do something with them, you know, or that we should get rid of them. He's saying, but let's understand that they they don't mean much. And I think what Thaddeus was trying to say was... And, and especially that the consequences, exactly. the expectations that are carried with them. You know? Yeah, let's not have this have any meaning in a court of law. You know, yeah. like, like that's that's the bottom line um, that, that maybe he was trying to get at. But I think there's another bottom line. Stephanie, if you've got more you want to say on it, you know, I want you to go ahead and do so. No, what's the second bottom line? So, well, first off, I'll say that I feel the same as you. I have some nitpicks here and there, but largely I ended up on the side of Thaddeus Russell, you know, in in that whole uh, debate. Um, The the second bottom line, I think that what this comes down to for a lot of people is when my kid goes to the bathroom, if it's a little gal, is she going to have to see a penis? And if it's a little boy, is he going to have to see a vagina when perhaps he's not mentally prepared to see these sorts of things. Um, and I think that's what it really, at the end of the day, every argument's going to come down to that. Do I have to see a dick or do I have to see a vagina when I don't want to? Um, and, you know, because because otherwise, I, I, I mean, personally, I feel like that Thaddeus had so many great points that just knocked the idea of gender and even race out of the park. And you made the great point earlier saying that, look, race, there's no genetic test for this nonsense. You know, so of course it's a construct. Like it has to be. Um because there's no, again, no scientific, really scientific basis for it, you know, as to where can you genetically test if something's human? Well, fuck yes, of course you can, <laughs> you know, right? Uh, just like you can get genetic testing for is something actually part Denisovan or is it part, you know, Neanderthal? Okay, fine. We have tests for that. Um, but I mean, I, I guess, you know, and if you need to take a moment, to, you know, to, to chew on that second bottom line, I, I really want to know, you know, like, how, what, do you, what do you think about that? So ba- what are you saying that basically... It comes down to fear. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, and, and let me say this, I, and I, cause I want to take this part out of the argument because I think it's, I think it's crap. I think it gets put in as a, as a, as a, as a stick of dynamite into the argument that doesn't need to be there. And that is the child. Mm-hmm. I think when, when somebody invokes, but my children, you, your, your red alerts should be going off. Captain Picard to the bridge because that, that is an instantaneous fear tactic it's used by the state it's used by church it's used by every institution that wants to control you that wants to control you or something now i'm not saying we don't protect yeah absolutely damn right you know your your job as somebody that births somebody is a steward of a child absolutely i am not saying do not protect children or you know whatever or you know and, and that you shouldn't use judgment that that chalks up to what some people might want to define as some kind of censorship or something i'm not saying anything like that at all okay yes you do have to protect children but let's not you know, <laughs> let's not use them as our shields, as our human body shields against things we don't like mm-hmm. because of our our cultural perceptions <laughs> right. or our nurturing or whatever else. OK, so I want to take the child thing out of the argument and let's just make it clear that it's when I go to the bathroom, do I have to see something I don't want to see? Mm-hmm. And, well, no, if it's a single stall bathroom, you don't have to see anything you don't want to see. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, also, if it's it, if it's an environment you know, there's lots of single parents, perhaps, that have opposite gender children sure. or opposite sex children. Um, I've seen moms take little boys into the little boy into the women's room, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when there's lots of different stalls. I've seen um, 
I don't know if, well, I've never been in a men's bathroom really, so I don't know right. if dads take little girls in there, but uh, I imagine that could be kind of traumatic. So, you know, maybe you use the single stall restroom, right? Right. Um, also, you know, I hate to burst your bubble, but even in a sex segregated environment, there's nothing, if you think, if you fear getting attacked by somebody in the bathroom, somebody of the same sex could always attack you. You know what I mean? Some oh, people sure. are afraid of people gawking at them in the locker room. Dudes get raped by dudes in locker rooms, prison, in bathrooms, right? in prison. I mean, absolutely. It can happen. Like it, that, that, I agree. Your point is, is very salient there. That, look, this can happen regardless of gender. Right. You know, I mean, whatever the genders are. It could be same sex. It could be, you know, whatever. And also, do you think, a lo- like, if somebody really wants to go into the bathroom and rape somebody, do you think a law is really going to stop them? No, probably not, if they right. really have these evil intentions. So, I don't know. I think if, if you're concerned about safety, maybe a single stall bathroom is the way to go. You know, or, or just the idea of, like, that a parent could be with their child no matter what gender the parent or child was. Well, and this is... is to protect them. Yes. And this is where I think... You know, for actual changes to occur, it has to happen culturally. It has to happen, you know, across the board with with all human. I mean, like slavery, slavery ended in Europe, not because of a civil war, really not because laws, even though laws would end up getting on the books. It ended because the culture finally said, this is absolutely fucking deplorable. We're not going to do this to black people anymore. Um, and and that's that's how these kind of changes happen. All right. And I think society, and this might be a hopeful thing, I think society at large is picking up is under is starting to understand this either unconsciously or whatever because what you're starting to see at a lot of places in fact even recently we were at a place where boy talk about slavery there were hundreds of slaves at one point we were at a place where there's that that third bathroom there's yeah. that family bathroom mm-hmm. that you, you know for for whatever or it trip or you know it doubles as um as like a, a singular uh, uh, uh handicap bathroom yeah say okay you know, there it is. Have that bathroom for, you know, for, for the situations that don't fit into uh, the majority, mm-hmm. you know, and or do like in New York City. In New York City, most of the like the major dance clubs and restaurants, and whatever, they've all gone to where it is. They'll have like four singular bathrooms that have no no signs of gender on them yep. whatsoever. Problem fucking solved. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, like that, that's that's really it. So I, honestly, I think I think culture is catching up to where they recognize we we need like this one other kind of place where, you know, it, maybe it's listed as a family bathroom. But guess what? It could be used as a million other things. Yeah, I know? agree. It is catching up. There's, yeah. There is a lot more of that now, which I think is good. Locker yeah. rooms. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in a locker room. I don't know what that's like, but maybe there are more sort of single stall types of locker rooms. I don't know. Or maybe there will be. Or maybe you just don't take a shower at the gym anymore. I don't know. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's another thing, too. That's if another, you're concerned about it. Right. That's another area where I think there, there needs, not maybe not needs, but I think it's happening. But I think there, like a cultural shift has to occur. Because, look, this is a place, you know, a gym particularly, like with the locker room. I mean, understand, like, I don't think anybody would argue that the locker room is a cultural construct. Right. Or, or, or that it isn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, it, that it isn't a cultural construct is my point. Uh, so, OK, well, then the cultural construct, you know, needs to change with what science is proving, let's say. But regardless, like, I mean, you know, a gym is, is kind of a, you know, a, a holy temple of the body. Or at least that's kind of the, what it's supposed to be. You know, like that's kind of the point. I, I use the word holy loosely, of course. Um, 
so, okay, well, this is all about improving the body and whatever. Well, then let's respect the body all the way across the board and all of its differences and everything, that, you know, that everybody's at different stages and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't even think the locker room necessarily, you know, really needs to be uh, a problem. And, it, it, you know, I, I mean, and maybe it just if, if a gym isn't going to respect you for, for, you know, the transition you're going through or whatever's happening for you, uh, then don't frequent that gym. I mean, that's a case where you can easily vote with your dollar and there's not a whole lot of regulation to get in your way, um, which is very fortunate. You know, and I get it that in some towns, a lot of the gyms are like Christian run and that could that could run into an issue. But maybe not. You know, sometimes I mean, there's lots of Christians that are getting on board with this stuff, too. Uh, so anyway, um yeah, I mean, Stephanie, what what other thoughts do you have? I, I really wanted to get to hit that home because I think for a lot of people, that's what it ends up coming down to. Is there a point where, you know, somebody that I don't want to, somebody of a certain makeup, whatever that happens to be genetically, uh, culturally, mentally, you know, identity, identity-wise, whatever, is going to see something I don't want to see or I have to see something of them that I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. I think that's what... Why it, do we tolerate just group bathrooms in general? Like, I think it's weird that men pee in front of each other, right? Sure. In the men's room. Well, even right? there, men are uncomfortable seeing another man's dick, you know? Right? I mean, like, like, they really are. Like, like I mean... Seriously, most guys Nobody will be like comfortable with dicks. We'll be like, wait a second. Why didn't the guy go to the uh, go to the urinal at the other end? Why did he go to the one right next to me when all of the rest of them are opened up? Right. You know, guys get uncomfortable with that. So, I mean, that speaks to that uncomfortable uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what's going on with that? Maybe that maybe that should be an uncomfortable you know thing when you step back from it and look at it rationally. It's like, no, the guy's just sitting there, you know, just standing next to you taking a piss. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, anyway, I didn't mean to make this all about bathrooms, but I really do feel that in, that in some way that that's kind of the ultimate metaphor for what a lot of people's problem here is, mm-hmm. you know, is that they're going to experience something that, that occurs outside of their worldview, regardless of when you step back rationally and look at it, wait a minute, what am I even worrying about? You know, what, mm-hmm. what the hell's going on? Um, so anyway, I mean, what, what else do you think there, Stephanie? I mean, as far as so like I, anything on this, I like that the point. I like the point that they ended off on, where basically Thaddeus said, "Well, if you want to leave people alone, even if you don't completely understand this or whatever, if you want to be respectful of other people, that's great. We have no disagreement, right?" And I, I think that's a great place to end off on, but I would say that i'm not entirely sure if joe really does want to leave people alone sure just because he was calling the guy the men that deviated from masculine norms freaks like you know what if it was a friend in his life or his brother or something like that that was gay sure would he be calling his brother a freak to the to his face you know that's not really leaving someone alone yes he's not asking for laws or legislating or anything like that but not really creating a, an environment, and he's not treating him the same way as his other friends who do conform to masculine norms. So I would say, like, think about whether you're really leaving people alone. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, do some self-reflection. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, put, put yourself in check a bit and just see what's, see what's going on in your head. You know, when you encounter these kind of arguments, these kinds of situations um, and all this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and that's the thing. You know, this is something on Sovereign Tech I, I have to bring up all the time. You know, with privacy, for a lot of people, I don't think they'd mind if, their pri- if like Facebook takes their privacy away if it wasn't for the fact that what Facebook has on them can be used in a court of law, yeah. can be used against them. Because you're not really trading away your privacy and getting something back. You're actually handing over a weapon to the state, you know. And and mm. so I think for a lot of other people, you know, it's the same thing. Like, look, you know, if you just left it alone, if this wasn't something that would affect me, 
you know, if my choices of my sexuality, my gender, uh, or changes in biological sex, if you go through surgery and stuff like this, um, you know, or, or whatever, um, you know, if, 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 if that didn't have some kind of repercussions, uh, you know, that, that aren't necessary at all, cause I'm still a human being, then yeah, whatever, believe what you want, think what you want, think whatever you want is normal. As long as it doesn't, you know, you know, affect me, uh, you know, in, in that way. So, um, the other thing I, I just, I guess I want to hit this, like, do you agree with Thaddeus on saying that, uh, like race is, is a, is a social construct as well? Uh, yes, I do. Uh-huh. And I think they didn't discuss it much because Joe Rogan kind of agreed with it. Like they didn't say it out loud either. But Thaddeus was saying like, look, these social constructs that are imposed on us, they have negative consequences because once you go outside the norm or the favored one, then you get punished and, and uh, your life gets worse. Well, I think Joe understood how that applies to ra- the concept of racism and mm-hmm. prejudice and discrimination. So they didn't even really need to talk about it that much. But in case it wasn't obvious to people listening, yeah, I mean, the concept of race is, is you know, can be largely a negative because um, people are discriminated against based on their race. Yeah, absolutely. In, in all kinds of fields, I mean, government and otherwise, uh, it's, it's a really ugly situation. And I agree with you. I agree with you and I agree with that. Yes, yes race absolutely is a social construct. And um, so then I get what it like, came out of, that it, what it cropped out of, and there's a history there, and that needs to be understood and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But let's be clear here that, you know, it doesn't need to be a thing. Like, it's not a biological universal. Yeah. And so then I think someone might say, okay, well, why not just be colorblind then? Why do you need to even perpetuate the concept of race by by talking about it or by engaging in identity politics or anything like that? And I would say, because you need to understand the concepts to be able to deconstruct it. Well, yeah, that was my point earlier, right? Is the first step in solving a problem is recognizing the problem. Yeah. You have to know that it exists. Then you can work you on deconstructing it. You have to know why it exists it. and understand it. Exactly. Um, but it's there. Yes, it sucks. It shouldn't be, but it's there now. And so to be able to deconstruct it, let's recognize it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's a, that's a great point as far as, you know, gender, sexuality, race, uh, you know, and, and all of, you know, all of that. Um, so anyway, yeah, and, and really the ultimate takeaway is, look, just fucking leave people alone, you know? <laughs> right, you think that would be a very simple libertarian message, live and let live, yeah. like, just really leave, leave folks yeah, alone like, as long as they're not hurting anybody, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, like, leave them alone. You don't need to put up walls, okay? You don't need to do anything of that nature. Like, just leave them the hell alone. And, and don't be afraid of people who are different from you. Yeah. And, you know, go ahead and have the conversation, but have the, you know, if you want to talk to people about this sort of thing, but have the humility that you don't understand and say, look, I really, I don't understand this. And I just want to talk to you about it. How do you feel about it? And I think you're going to end up, you know, walking away with, you know, personally empowered and the other person I think will walk away empowered as well because they'll finally realize, hey, I can actually talk about what's going on in my fucking head you know, for once with somebody and it doesn't end up with them wanting to lock me up, toss me, put me in a straight jacket or, uh, you know, say I'm going to, you know, do something terrible to their kid or something. Right. You know, I, I mean, like, I, I really think that that's a powerful thing is to actually talk to real human beings in like, kind of like what Joe Rogan was saying. I like what Joe, when he said, he's like, under, or well, this part got cut out actually. Cause when they start talking about the YouTube comments, Joe says, he's like, those people aren't real. He says, none of that's real. He says, because you're missing so much. The person's not in front of you. The person's not this. And that's what makes so many of these ideas so easy mm-hmm. is because you are looking, you are reacting to people who are not right in front of your face. And you've got, and maybe I should have left that audio in because I think that was so key, even though Joe wasn't addressing it to the gender issue at all. Um, but 
you know, these people aren't in front of you. Talk to them and see what happens. And if they come out with something ridiculous, then is the problem that they're not accepting being a, a biological male? Or is the problem because they grew up, you know, underneath the, the, the heel of the state and so they want the state to solve all their problems? Like, like you know, do that, get, get rid of that package deal like we were talking about earlier and we talked about on, you know, on, on Empathon. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I think is the takeaway. You, get, you have anything else on that? Otherwise, we can wrap her up. I thought it was a really interesting balance to juxtapose those two clips. We started, you know, we started out with um, Bill Nye and yep. the, the ice cream thing and the and the song about uh, gender and sexuality and stuff. And then we also uh, heard the conversation between Thaddeus and Joe Rogan, where Joe Rogan was representing sort of the more uh, conventional or status quo view, I would say. I, I don't know about conservative, but definitely the more status quo view. Um and I think both of them had great examples of how not to talk to people on the other side. <laughs> For example, on the Bill Nye clip, the ice cream started out, you know, they started out by insulting the vanilla ice cream, who is the status quo, and right. saying that he's dumb. He's not based, he's not basing his stuff on science. It's just about feelings. And he feels that he's the most natural. And then Joe Rogan, when he was trying to have a conversation with uh, Thaddeus about, uh, about uh, people who fall outside of gender norms, started ad homonyming and calling people freaks and and weirdos and and saying oh you're hanging out with the wrong crowd so both of those were examples i think of of putting people in the other category and just not making a connection with them but sort of just making you know drawing a divide instead of making reaching across the bridge to make a connection between people with differing ideas yeah absolutely great way you know used to do this on your old show pork therapy which i loved um you always used to like circle it all around and bring it together. You're you're a pro uh, at that, <laughs> at making all of it come together and make sense. It's like a reading rainbow or something. It's right. like an after school special. Yeah. <laughs> Today on Sovereign Tech, we talked about gender and how not to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So anyway, boy, this might be one of the longest episodes of Sovereign Tech ever. Um, Stephanie, thanks so much for being on. Thank you for bringing your expertise and personal experience to the table. Thank you. Um, we Thank you, t- everybody, for listening. Even if you found this show frustrating or challenging, I appreciate you sticking with us until the end. Brian, thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because one thing I can guarantee is that I'm not going to do anything about, you know, like I'm I'm not going to bother people about their choices. So if you disagreed with what I had to say, I'm not going to come after you. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So anyway, um, yeah, that's it for this week. Woo, a long one. Uh, But uh, I'll be back next week. Maybe I'll have another guest on. We'll see how that ends up working out. Oh, but, did uh, you want to talk about harlots? I think. Oh, all right. right. We're going to save that for another time. Okay. We'll save that for another time because we, we've got places, uh, got places, places to, to be. be. People to see. <laughs> I was going to say people to do and places to see. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got that backwards. Anyway, so, um, so anyway, Carpe Lucam, everybody. Boy, I haven't said that in a while. Woo. Uh, woo. I will see you on the other side. And if you want to get more content like this, or maybe not exactly like this, don't forget, just go to SovereignTech.com. Become a patron, just a dollar a month. That's all it takes. And you get hundreds of hours of new content or content you've never heard before. And then there's content, uh, new content every single week. Always fresh stuff coming for you. I'll see you next week. just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com 
That's S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com. And connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love. And love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the evolution. Welcome to the evolution.